combat time. another episode of combat time your podcast for everything mortal Kombat. i'm one of your hosts yasin and i am joined by josh mortal Kombat, and jay hello hello come on <laughs> don't do anything I thought gonna, fun i thought you gotta do a bit yeah you're gonna shout mortal Kombat like a demon escaping your soul I literally have not done a bit the entire time that we've been hosting this podcast. Y'all. That's true. I like no, my- actually, Jay. No, you lied, Jay. Because when we did our spooky episode and I said, and Jay, you went, ooh. Okay. So you got me on that one. you remember that specific you. one. I know. So, how, how are you guys doing? It's been a little, been a little bit of a time since we've uh, last recorded. How's everybody doing? Yeah. Bit of a time skip. I've been doing good. You know, I've been max busy. I won't get into the the nitty gritty of what I've been yeah. dealing with, but you know, I've been really busy. Something else I want to bring up, but I won't want to do it yet. Jay, how you doing? So far, so good. It's all like it's also been a busy week, but I'm taking a small break and I'm doing Dragon Con this coming weekend. Ooh. That is a big Atla- big Atlanta um, sci-fi convention if no one's heard about it. It's amazing. It's a fun party. You get to see all the stupidity and the likelihood <laughs> that I will see a Sub-Zero Scorpion fusion with uh, with, like, like with Sindel hair specifically what? is very, very likely. You know what? Yes. That's awfully specific, Jay, but you're probably right. Yeah, because it's drag, it's Dragon Con. You never just see a Sub Zero or a Sector. It's always like you like you have to add some stupidity to it. Like no, it's, it's gonna. You know what it's gonna be? It's gonna be a into the Spider Verse version of like a Mortal Kombat character. I yes, and who yeah. knows? You might get to see Daniel Bacino again. Yeah, possibly. I was looking. I was or looking Robin to see if he was on the guest list. Robin Shu. Yeah, or or Robin Shu. And unfortunately. I didn't see them on the guest list, but it's a very long guest list. But I did see Elijah Wood. So I could see, see Elijah Wood. Was he in Mortal Kombat? I'm confused. He could be. No. no he, he could play Pharaoh. What if he's in Mortal Kombat But Mortal Kombat too. By the time this comes out, like Dragon Con will be Dragon over and done with. But yep. you'll report if you see any Mortal Kombat folks. Yeah, well, I will. Report. Absolutely. You may see Ed Boon and, uh, walking around. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I might, I might, I might just see Ed Boon like out of nowhere, and I'll be like, "Hey, Ed Boon, your Twitter sucks," and I'll just tell him that. <laughs> your Twitter sucks. Wow. Yeah, I feel and like that's like, more hurtful than saying Mortal Kombat sucks. Yeah, that's <laughs> no one will say. No one will say Mortal Kombat sucks. Uh, I got, I got one thing to mention too before we yeah. get into the nitty gritty. Which, in case you haven't figured out, we're talking about Deadly Alliance. Probably yeah, do want to mention. That. Talk well. No, I mean we get into. If you click on this goddamn episode, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> but, uh, don't feel don't feel like you failed. Um, I do want to bring something up though, and this ties back to uh, our previous episode, or the Realm Fighters and uh, Tattoo Assassins episode. Yeah. Um, remember, I mentioned that uh, other game that uh, Daddy East, the Tattoo Assassins people did, that was a Street Fighter ripoff called Fighters History. Yeah. I remember how I said they had a Makoto ripoff character, and you're like, well, that's impossible, because Makoto didn't come around until Street Fighter 3, and not even until, like, second 
impact or whatever, right? Right. And that was like 99. Mm -hmm. So just a, a few days ago of this recording, like I said, I've been real busy. Jace has a busy, busy week. I had a, I've had a busy month and a half. But I finally like was caught up with everything I was doing. And I'm like, I'm just going to uh, fucking chill. Let me get on this Nintendo Switch Online. What's on, What's new added to the Super Nintendo Online? Nothing since I last checked. But I'm like, I felt like playing a fighting game, right? What's this, what's this fighter's history? What's that? And I played it. And the first thing that comes up is a Data East logo. And I'm like, oh, right. It's that game I was talking about. And holy shit. What, I, I think I'd incorrectly said that Capcom sued over the Makoto ripoff. Yeah. I was incorrect. They sued over the game as a whole because, holy shit, do they deserve to sue. That game, from the menus <laughs> to the text, the, the art style and the sprites, it is Street Fighter 2. Really? It is shameless. Holy <laughs> shit. But, you believe said it or on not. Nintendo Online? Yeah, you could play it right now if you have the, uh, if you pay for uh, Nintendo Online. Yeah. But... I shit you not, there is a Makoto ripoff character. I shit you not. Is it I'm a gonna... Makoto ripoff character? Well, or did they did Street Fighter rip off? I think I think that's what happened. Uh, oh god, uh, the one picture down. I'll just share you this. This is the portrait thing. It's not a really good picture of her, but I shit you not, there is a. Her name is Ryoko. She's a young girl in a karate gi. It does a lot of throws and stuff like that and has a big hot blood and spirit attitude. She is Makoto. Many, okay. several years before Makoto ever came into existence. So I think, so I was right. There was a Makoto ripoff character, but Makoto didn't exist yet. So I think Capcom in revenge, because they lost that lawsuit, by the way, I think they turned around and ripped off that character from Makoto. That's a funny theory. <laughs> right. That that is some interesting Capcom lore right yeah. there. Yeah, it just blew my mind when there was a Makoto staring me in the face, and it couldn't have been anyone else. Is I tried to share my uh, Nintendo Switch screenshots, but they weren't working. But yeah, she's there. Nintendo's anyhow with their, with their screenshot system. And sometimes it shares, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know why. It's, it has to do with my phone, maybe or something. I don't know. Anyhow, that's Anywho. that's my piece. So yeah, like. Josh said we are going to talk about Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, but before that, I feel like it's only right that we talk about Mortal Kombat 1, because the release date is ever-impending, September 19th or 14th, depending on what you got, if you got early access or whatever, is about a month, no, half a month away, dating our podcast a bit. Yeah, uh, we always date ourselves. Yeah, but since uh, our last podcast, we've had like three different trailers. And we want to kind of talk about that very briefly. First one we had was the trailer that uh, showed off uh, Lee May and Tanya. And I believe, yeah, Lee May and Tanya. And wasn't it also Ashra and Havik, or was that the next trailer? I can't remember. So what do you think of Lee May and Tanya as far as their uh, reveals and stuff? I dig them. I think it's funny that we're getting these reveals when we're playing Deadly Alliance, and I just rediscovered that Melee's Melee. <laughs> Lee May Lee May is pretty cool in Deadly Alliance. Like I like her moveset. Uh I think they're pretty cool. I don't know what to think yet. Lee May, I thought like, mm, she doesn't quite look like Lee May, but she does look good. And Ed Boone said that her moveset's gonna be very similar to her three D era games, but I haven't seen the flurry punch yet, and that's a love of move i fell in love with uh the what punch she does a thing in deadly alliance where she like lifts out of the air and just like moves forward like just doing like mike tyson or 
uh, freaking uh, Muhammad Ali punches at you, just yeah, she does that. I mean, she, she they does showed that? it in okay, the trailer. They showed it in the trailer. I didn't like, see. She it. charges forward. She charges forward and does like a flurry of punches that all look purple and stuff. She's got a lantern move too, like an anti-air, which I'm like interested in. I'm definitely gonna try her out for sure. I'll I'll, I'll talk about her like when we get to the beta portion, but uh, she's cool. She may be. Yeah. She may be. I think she's gonna be a new main for me. Man, yeah, I'm on the fence. I don't know. Like playing her, playing as her, easily she's gonna be one of my mains now. And then Tanya, we'll see. I never was much. I think a little bit I, yeah. I got into Tanya and MKX, but we'll see if I mess with her at all this time. But I used nice to play to as that. her a lot in MK4. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't but, remember that. Uh, I played a little bit of her in MKX, and she was a, she was pretty good in MKX. But I was I was too focused on like Jackie and uh, just all the new char- other characters. I was like, so I didn't really get around to playing as her. Yeah. Too much, but she looks cool in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I, I dig the redesigns for both. Well, Lime has more of a redesign than Tanya, but still. Well, Tanya kind of has too. I mean, there's some, I don't want to get into it, but there has been, you know, backlash against the looks and all that. And Yeah. I think we talked about that previously. Did did we? I don't know. Also, there was Tanya where I'm like, oh, wow, she looks different. But then when I look back, she, she doesn't look like she did in MKX, but she does look like she does in MK4. I'm like, oh. That does track for Tanya. So, yeah. Like her, her, her costume and style is different. I think it is a theme with this game where it's like everybody kind of looks like every, everybody's look is kind of simplified to like. I love their the simplified, most, yeah. Yeah. To their like, you know, most notable traits. And that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of like simplified looks, the next trailer we had, the big, the big reveal, the big uh, thing everybody was talking about was. Uh, Reptile's redesign. Fuck yeah. Which, holy crap, he <laughs> looks the coolest in the whole game, probably. Yep. I, 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 like, I concur. I saw that they did something unique with him because Reptile's always had this kind of thing to where he is evolving into a more reptilian creature, which in Deadly Alliance, he's about as full reptile as you're ever going to see him. Yeah, he's um, basically like, reptile. he's basically a human skilled Godzilla. Yeah, he yeah. is, and he sh- like, and he shit like, and he shifts a lot. But he also looks like he controls differently, and almost has like some of the same moves. But I bet they're, I bet they have different controls. Just seeing you may know more because you've actually like played a little bit of it. But I, I want him to be one of my mains, just because I'm like, okay, this guy's cool. Like, but I've always liked reptiles, so I, I, I'm, I'm obviously gonna try him out. Two things. I, I will like say one. he he wasn't in the beta. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So I didn't two play things him. like. One, I think I might become a reptile main just like watching that trailer. Uh, and two, I gotta wonder, Jay. Like, you gotta be happy your boy is back, but he's back, but he's different. And I gotta wonder, like, because you haven't you haven't spoken on much that much lately. So I gotta wonder, are, are you liking his new character? Because he's no longer the goodest of boys looking for someone to serve. He 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 got ejected from his clan this time, and he's you know doing his own thing. He's very much a um, different I, character. It's kind of similar, though. Kind of. I'm reserving judgment until I actually like play the game because, again, dude, they like I actually had reservations on how they changed Johnny Cage, and they really didn't change him all that much. But he is different. He's he has a completely different, almost like 
different fighting style because he has a star now that gives him oh, like a combo annoying, extender. Dude. Yeah, uh-huh. like and apparently he's annoying and <laughs> Lord knows, <laughs> Lord knows what else. <laughs> prerequisite. So yeah, prerequisite. But uh, you know, but still, like this is. This is, you know, Mortal Kombat 1 is an excuse to redo a whole bunch of stuff with a whole bunch of characters in just an interesting, unique way. So, you know, I'm just going to embrace it. I'm just going to embrace it, I you know, it. just to see exactly what happens. I just love that because I've never been a fan of the reptile becoming more reptilian, which we'll have plenty to talk about in this episode of Deadly Alliance. But I, I, I look like how they, I love how they just looked at the fan demand to bring back human ninja reptile and... There was some little girl in the planning meeting that said, Por, por que no los dos? <laughs> and they were just like, why not both? Yeah, fuck it. And you know what? I love it. I love, even though some people have said Reptile looks like a, a fucking boy band guy now, as do many of the male characters. Everyone's like, why are they all so hot? Why are they also just fucking young? Well, you know where they're young. This is MK1. But it's like, did Reptile need that treatment to look, you know, all, all kind of handsome Why would anybody boyish? complain about hot characters? Right, well, especially they, the you know. dudes. Well, there's like, a, there there there's a dialogue going on that they're making the women ugly and making the men uh, cute. I but I'm not going to go into that because I kind of disagree because the women have never been more attractive in MK uh, Mortal Kombat since uh, as of eleven. Because guess what? They actually model them after real people's faces. Uh, I feel I mean, like I feel like one like one is making it like even better, like more realistic and like. They're still very attractive. I've heard, I've heard some people comment on the style of one, not just like the attractiveness of the characters, but like the style of the face scan. It's a little... Di- like, Eleven looks stellar. It's a little different here. Almost more cartoony in a way. Just very subtly. Or vibrant, at least. I don't, I don't know. There's a different aesthetic. I don't think it's cartoony. I just think it's... I think it's a lot to do with the lighting, because I feel like... Mortal Kombat 11 wasn't like the brightest game, and a lot of stuff we've seen in one is like mm. very bright, like sunlight and everything like that. And it, it, it does change how people kind of look depending on the light. Maybe that's it. Mm. I'm okay with boy band, reptile, and honestly, I'm I, I think his reptile design, his Saurian design, is dope. Like honestly, if they had just kept going the trajectory they were going doing and not give us a human reptile. I probably would have bitched about it, but I think I'd be happy with that design because he looks w- really. No, I. The only reason why I accept that is because we have the cool reptile. I guess so, but I just like because, like, as we'll discover and talk, he looks fucking horrendous in Deadly Alliance. Just horrendous. He does, but, uh, but I yeah. mean, this one feels like they basically just took the design from Mortal Kombat 2021. Yeah, and I liked how he looked in 2021, even though I wished he were a ninja. And here, it just, generic. it's kind of, a, it, it, yeah, I like that he was big and bulky and he could have been a guy in a suit if they would have done that route. Like, I was I mean, okay he looks that. more like a Street Fighter character than a Mortal Kombat character. I guess. Yeah. I just think, like, this specific design, he's got the light-colored skin and he's got that, I've heard people compare it to a pit bull, his kind of upturned lip. I think he looks gnarly. He looks fucking cool. I haven't looked too closely into it. i just seen what's in the trailer, really. But nah. maybe he is. Maybe he does look cool. I don't know. But and then he, oh, he looks cool. Yeah. So we got him, and we got the Havoc character, which also has like a demon uh, lady with him. I think. Yes, and that I wondered who that was. That is actually, and we'll talk about her later in this episode too. That's Serena 
from MK Mythology oh. Sub Zero. Yeah, you don't know, right? Because she turns into like a freaking red skin demon thing. Uh, but it's it's a temporary transformation. She goes back and forth between a human visage and that. But uh, her, she is a demon, I guess. So yeah, that's Serena, Holy returning crap. character. Yeah. Okay. 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 I mean, yeah. he looked like it, he. It, it was like a interesting character with like some moves, but I I have no interest in Havoc. It just doesn't look like a character for me. I don't know. You know, as far, and as far as making all the men look just hot and handsome, people are joking about that too. Like Havoc, a guy that has a fucking meaty skull for a face. You made him look boy bandish because they gave him that fucking my chemical romance, as Jay likes to say, haircut. <laughs> you know, he's the least sexiest guy you could think of. Well, in the original, in Deception, I think in Deception he came about. He had like a helmet or something, but uh, yeah, they just gave him a fucking trendy haircut. But he I mean, still got they, a skull I mean, for a face. Did we talk about the the first pack of uh, DLC characters? No, we didn't. I was gonna say because 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 like I think Ermac and Quan Chi alone like kind of nullify that for everybody else because they look they look ugly. I actually I'm okay with Ermac. I hate I'm the mummy. I'm okay with it more than I have been. In, is like MK X was it X design and 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 nine. Like I hate the mummy theme yeah. they're going with but they got to find something to differentiate them right but here same deal but once again his costume simplified and you know what i like his face I, it's weird to say i, I think Ooh. i can be okay with him air mac nah i think i can be okay with him if anybody's interested like uh uh maximilian dude on youtube he's he's been doing like ever since the I, i've been watching ever since the the Rept- ever since the reptile review he's been doing like a retrospective on people on the evolution of character design yeah so he's done reptile he's done uh scorpion he's done ermac uh, i think now he's switched over to like yoshimitsu and tekken yeah he's done uh, yoshimitsu now and now and he he yeah. wasn't too favorable about this new ermac too but i'm i'm kind of going to be like i th- I'm, i think i can roll with it i kind of agree with him i it just it's I don't know. Something about it just, it doesn't feel, hmm, I don't know. The mummy thing is kind of weird. But I mean, it makes sense. He's an amalgamation of souls. I'm more interested in, I don't give a shit about Homelander, Omni-Man, except the fact that we actually have, what, J.K. Simmons and yeah. John Cena in Mortal Kombat. That's great. But uh, I'm more interested in Takeda, just because what the fuck is he going to be? Is it Takeda oh, yeah. Ka- that, was, that was one of my mains in MKX, so I, I can't yeah. wait to see what he does. And like, he never was a main of mine, but I just like him because he uses, he, he's a student of Scorpion. He uses similar weapons, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. And he wears similar armor. But it's like, there's rumors that Scorpion in this game is actually Kwai Lang and not Hanzo Asashi. And because so, they, uh, you haven't heard that yet? I, P- maybe I have. I've slept since then. Since they, <laughs> borrowing <laughs> my phrase. Since they say that they're brothers, and specifically they do have said, Ed Boon said, blood brothers, that makes everyone assume like, well, this must not be Hanzo then. This must be Kwai Lang. And in this universe, Kwai Lang takes up the scorpion mantle instead of Sub-Zero, which leaves the question, where the fuck's Hanzo? Then we got this Takeda guy coming in. Is it, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they said in the listing Takeda, goddamn, Takeda Takahashi, Kenshi's son. It just says Takeda. Could it be the original creator of the Shirayu, Takeda? Was that the name of the original creator of Shirayu? Yeah, uh, Neil's touched on it. I think in uh, 
in Mortal Kombat lore, not in real life lore, because it was a real life equivalent to the Shiraryu. But uh, yeah, his oh, okay. name is Takeda, which is why they made that guy that became Scorpion in Conquest. They named him Takeda. It was a reference. So uh-huh. could this be? Now Takeda is a name, not a title. I would would say, could this mean this is Hanzo? I don't know. Or, you know, because like the the he thing looks about older. this whole yeah, but he could also just have gray hair. He may not be old. It might be the Nintendo Switch render where they can't fucking handle hair, so everyone has oh, gray. God, hair. everybody had gray. <laughs> hair. But um, I I think I don't know. I I'm hesitant to to think that that rumor that you know the scorpion that we see in the trailers is uh, Kwai Lang because we are resetting everything. So resetting everything could mean that somehow Hanzo and what's his name Bihan are brothers somehow. How? I mean, unless they're adopted brothers. They could be adopted brothers. Yeah. They could be stepbrothers and one of them is half one of them is half Chinese and half Japanese. Who knows? I, I, I almost said Snoke. Smoke is European. I What? I've yeah, the, canonically he is European because the Lin Kuei kidnaps children when they're young and trains them. And uh. he has a whole backstory in the three D era games. And Scorpion says in the trailer, we may not be blood, but we're brothers. So maybe him and Sub-Zero are brothers in that manner. And also, too, canonically, uh, we'll discover some of Sub-Zero's backstory as we talk about Deadly Alliance here. We're going 20 minutes. I guess we better hurry up. But uh, Sub-Zero has canonically been only half Chinese. That's why it's like somewhat acceptable for John Turk to be playing him without a mask (laughs) and all that. Uh, But also we'll discover he's not even full Chinese. He's from another realm. As he finds out in his backstory, Deadly Alliance, if you did not discover that. Right. But we'll get to well, that. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, yeah. He has, uh, he has a lineage. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. Uh, fucking stoked about Reptile. Don't care about Havoc. And then, who's yeah. the last ones we got? Last ones we got was uh, a focus on Shao Kahn, who is General Shao Kahn now. And no, just Sindel. General Shao. Oh, General Shao, yeah. Because Khan is the... Khan, as we come to find, is a title, I guess. A yeah. title, I guess. Yeah, so Sindel is the leader, is the yeah. ruler. So is she Sindel Khan? Fuck. Well, I don't know if Khan exists because she references King Gerard and he, she doesn't call him Gerard Khan. Hmm. I, I, did, I did hear a rumor about General Shao in this game, which I think is super interesting. Maybe both of you might already know it or I just beat you to it, but basically, at, like from a character perspective... And how he plays, General Shao is going to be one of these characters. Is he's going to be kind of like a glass cannon kind of character. He's gonna he's gonna take he's gonna take more damage than most other characters. But to compensate for that, he's going to hit harder because part of his inner story in the game is that he was born a very sickly child, and he kind of grew up with that. So that's going to translate into the lore that he is weak. You know, as far as taking damage, but he's gonna bring out a crap ton of damage in compensation for that, and I find that interesting because basically Liu Kang, when he recreated him, basically just nerfed him. He's like, "Nah, man, you gotta like, <laughs> you gotta be nerfed." Liu Kang is petty as fuck. He's going around fucking everyone up. Yeah, this is why. I, this is why I kind of like that. I kind of like that idea. That's an interesting interpretation, Jay, because I, I love that backstory. That yeah, Shao was a weakling child, and his dad. Gave him tough love and taught him to be strong. And I didn't interpret that, that it could translate into his gameplay as a glass cannon. Yeah. If that's the case, that would be really cool. 
I'm I'm not big on his design though. What was wrong with it? Huh? What's wrong with it? The horns, man. Like oh, I was like not his, prepared. Uh, like without the mask. Without his mask, mask yes. The mask is pretty cool. I like that that part of the design. I don't mind. It's just that he has horns. Where the fuck did that come from? When he takes off his helmet, uh, I'm used to Shao Kahn having a glove for a forehead. <laughs> a glove uh, for a forehead. <laughs> <laughs> as per the John Tobias MK2 comics and the official art for the game, oh, yeah. which we never see him without <laughs> some in the game, but he has like claws on his forehead, yeah. which yeah. everyone forgets. Because in the movie, in Annihilation, they just made him a regular dude. And he kind of looks like that in Eleven, but not quite. And here they're just like, no, motherfucker has horns. I'm not, I'm not, I'm kind of weirded out by that. Well, but, you know. well, well, dude, you know, like I said, take it up with Liu Kang. Liu Kang just redesigned him. So, you know, take yeah. it up with him. Made him a weakling child. Made him a glass jaw, apparently. And yeah, gave him horns. I don't have too much of a problem with his design just initially, but I kind of have to get used to it. I still think that Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Shao Kahn, a.k.a. Daddy Khan, is uh, my favorite Daddy design Khan. of Shao Kahn I think, I think I've ever seen. He's awesome. I loved him. <laughs> he was great. It's the same voice, by the way, too, so you'll still get some more Daddy Khan energy. Yeah, but he's not as Daddy Khan as he is in Mortal Kombat 11. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have his wife. Now, now she's a, you know, not enemy, but what do you call it? A tense relationship going on there. Yeah. Just to wrap things up with... Uh, a couple of things to wrap things up with the Mortal Kombat 1 stuff is that, you know, there are a few other characters that were revealed, like Baraka was revealed, Garrus was oh, revealed. Yeah. Love Baraka. Love the Gar- Garrus coming back. Yeah. But yeah, th- uh, there was also the Mortal Kombat beta that came out uh, for anybody who pre-ordered the game uh, for a weekend, uh, which I got to play. And... I gotta say, this game is awesome. I I I thought it would be overwhelming to like use the, the cameos, but I don't know. They still kind of work. I don't use them as often, and so I was still trying to learn how to use them properly. By the time you know the the beta ended, you'll probably use them more by the time the game comes out. Because what oh, I'm sure. I'm looking forward to is just like coming up with who I want my cameo to be. Will you be my cameo? And having it completely change my game style. But yeah, like, who did you it, pick as your cameo? Who was available? Uh, okay, so the main roster who was available was uh, Sub-Zero, Liu Kang, uh, Johnny Cage, uh, Lee Mei, Kenshi, and I feel like there was one more, but I can't. I no Scorp? No, no Scorp. How could you release a beta and not have Scorp? All you need is a Scorp. Uh, uh, I think the other one was uh, Kitana. I think was the other the other person, yeah. Okay. And as for cameos, there was only four. There was a uh, Kano, Frost, Sonya Blade, and Jax. Okay. Um, the one that I used the most, I think, was probably Frost. Uh, just because like her being able to freeze someone, you know, especially if you're not Sub Zero, is a pretty useful yeah. thing. But I also used Sonya Blade quite a bit, just because. I like the fact that she does like a wrestling move as one of her. Like, that that, that fucking DDT. I love that. I yeah, was watching yeah. that again the other day. And uh, Jax is fun too. But Jax is really hard because I think he has I think two of his uh, directional moves is for the backbreaker, but the air backbreaker. So you have to like, you have to like time it to where the person is on the screen. So there's like a near and a far one. 
And if it do- if it doesn't line up, he just kind of jumps in the air, grabs nothing, and then runs away. <laughs> it's really weird. Oh, man. But his main one is the ground pound. Okay, that's easy. Yeah. Yeah, these are going to really be tailored to like what your expectations, what your game style is. Pretty yeah, much, because some... I'm not all about timing a backbreaker. That doesn't sound fun, but... Yeah, but like, uh, uh, I think Sonya Blade, one of them is a throw. Uh, one of them is, she does the uh, rings, the, the fireball ring thingy. I think she does one where she jumps up at the, across the, the screen and punches you if you're in the air, if the other person's in the air. Oh, like her uh, square so got... wave move from MK? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you have to time that one. Kano, I didn't get to. I didn't use much of him, his his cameo, but from what people used on me, a lot of it was using the the cannonball and the oh, eyeball. So you playing the against eyeball other people? Yeah, you you can you can uh, for the beta there was two modes. Uh, one was the towers where you go, you just do one tower basically. You go pick one uh, character and cameo, you just go to the tower. And it's like it's like five people or five uh, levels, I think. Then it just kicks you back to the beginning. Uh, and then you have the casual online mode where you just play against anybody. Nice. And I did, I, after I used the tower to like basically learn the basics of each character that I was playing. And then I went into the online to just play. Yeah. Um, you don't want to go and humiliate yourself before you know how to play the game. I mean, I figured I was going to do that anyway. And there are definitely times <laughs> and it got to the point where like by day two, uh, cause I, I didn't play as much as I wanted to, but it keeps a track of your win loss ratio. So at some point, I, I it would you know match with someone if I saw that their win loss ratio was like <laughs> really good, or or if they have played like three four times more than I have, then I'm then I'm just immediately exit. I'm like, nah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for someone as a newbie because <laughs> I'm still not good at this game. I feel you on that. But for the most part, the online play was was fairly solid. I didn't get too many hiccups. Uh, there were a couple, maybe one or two matches where it lagged a little bit, and I ran into this thing where I couldn't tell if it was a bug or a a feature in the tea house level. So the two levels that they had was the tea house level and Johnny Cage's uh house or whatever. Penthouse, it's, yeah. Penthouse, yeah. And each one had a day and night. You could pick day or night. And I can't tell, I'd have to look it up. I can't tell if it's doing the Street Fighter thing uh or in Street Fighter 6. If you uh pick a stage, you're picking it for yourself. You're not picking it for both of you. Like if you're playing online. They could pick whatever stage they are in. And I could pick whatever stage I'm in. So, and then what? It just random selects to. Draw, no, no, no. To like, draw. like you're playing. Like, no, it's weird. It's like, oh, you're saying like so they'll be seeing the tea house and you'll be seeing Johnny Cage's pad in Street Fighter. Yeah. So I don't know if that's, that's what's happening uh, here or not. That's. Weird. I don't think so because whenever it was their choice, they could pick the stage. So I think, I think we're both seeing the same thing. That wasn't how it was in MK11. Like you, you both had to eventually pick the same stage. There was like a precedence over who could pick it. No, uh, at first, it at first I thought it was, that was the case because it it kept being that I was the only one picking the stage. I was like, wait, is this just how it is? And then like the next day, I saw other people picking stages for us. I was like, oh, okay, so that's it, it's, it's normal. It's not like what Street Fighter is doing. But yeah, you can pick a day or night version of the of the stage. But then there's a thing where like in the Tiao stage. There was one point where, like, if you did, like, this, you know, if you did, like, a blast or, like, a, you know, some kind of, like, explosion or whatever, because some people have, like, bombs or whatever, the whole, like, section of that, you know, you know how, and you've seen images that are the, the stage where it has, like, the open area in the middle, and then it has, like, the two that on, the, on either side where it has, like, a bunch of people, like, sitting at tables and stuff like that. Yeah. 
and it has like lights and stuff. There'll be a time where like you would you do a combo or whatever and it does like this blast or whatever and then all the lights would go out. But it didn't look like it was lights going out as far as like the lanterns and stuff going out. It almost looked like the lighting effect in the game went out. Huh, interesting. It was really weird. But I think that's maybe a bug that they'll probably fix. When I wonder if that's a bug or if that was what they're going for. Like your powers knocked out all the lights in the TS. I don't know. Freaked me out though. <laughs> it was really weird. Maybe maybe you got a haunted beta there. Maybe Doing a creepy pasta episode going. Yeah, but no, it it is really like once you start to get you know accustomed to certain characters. Like I don't know if it's just like a placebo effect, but it does feel like you have more freedom to like create your own combos and strings and stuff. Like there are set combos, but then you can like set up stuff to other things and kind of extend a combo, and it, it's yeah not super hard to do. Of all the available cameo fighters you could pick from, that just expands your combo exactly. capability just through the roof. Exactly, like because for me, like my the combo that I settled on for the beta was a uh, uh, Lee Mei and Frost, and Frost has this thing where she can uh, she can you know some she can create this like orb, this uh, ice orb that floats around, and then if you touch it, you get frozen. So the thing that I kept trying to do was like set that up real quick. So that if they jump into it, they get frozen in the air. And then I do my, I use my Lime's, uh lantern, which floats in the yeah. air and then it can pop them up more. And I can jump up and do a combo in the air and bring them down. And if they bounce up, I could try to do it. I never got to do it correctly, but that was something I, I felt like there's potential to like do these like weird, like, you know, multi-level combos kind of thing. It's pretty yeah. cool. I'm I'm gonna look forward to obsessing and spending hours just picking my right cameo and practicing with the combos for that. I'm also yeah. scared of the gameplay because it's. Well, well, you tell me. I've I've heard Maximilian dude and people say how much faster it feels. Like MK11, I felt competent in, and it's probably because it was considered slower than MK9 or X. And I'm not uh. a I'm not a fast player because I'm a boomer at heart. Uh. How's this? I don't think it's faster. Or if it's faster, it's not significantly faster. I think 9 or 10, 9 and X are still faster than MK1. From what I could tell, I'm not the best barometer for it. I think Jay, once he plays it, he'll know better. But I think with the cameos, it makes it feel faster because more is going on. Yeah. So, like, you can, you can, you know layer up different, you know, you can do the combos, some of them in, and then continue a combo. So it, so it makes it feel faster. Maybe maybe it's faster than it actually is. I don't know. Interesting. Um, but it felt good to me. I've never had a problem with MK11's, like, speed. Like, once I adjusted to it, I was like, okay, I can still work with this. And I feel like that's the same thing here. Like, once you get used to it, uh, you start playing it more, you'll... I think it's fine cool. uh, for me. I can't uh, wait. The only thing that... I, I will say that I agree with uh, Maximum is that the dash is not great. Oh, is that something he said? Yeah, because he 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 was like obsessing over like the footage before the demos came out, where he would look at the dash and compare it to the dashes of like X and Nine, and you don't cover as much ground, really, and that does kind of get frustrating when you like uh, like if you're doing a combo and they pop up, you pop up a character and you want to get back, to, you want to get under them to like continue the combo. But they don't go as far as you want them to. So maybe it takes some adjusting or something. I don't know. Interesting. But, uh, 
I I've, I played a few of the characters. I didn't play all of them. Uh, Kenshi is going to be... I really would like to learn him, but man, he is complicated. Like he is, he has like two sets of moves depending on if you have his like ghost, like ethereal character out or not. But it's really cool because that does double up your because you're both hitting the character at the same time. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm fascinated what you're what you're telling me about Kenshi and whether or not yeah. that's my play style or not. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, Kenshi's not on my radar. Definitely want to try out Reptile Li Mei. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh. With Jack, uh, Johnny Cage, I didn't play as Johnny Cage because you know J- J- Jay and I have that rule. You don't You'd have to take a shower character. anyway. Yeah, I, I almost threw up. Just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, no. But seriously though, like I, I didn't play as him because I was just trying to get. It was not, not much time, so I was just playing as Lee May mostly. But when I was playing against Johnny Cage, it's really interesting because he has like a dodge mechanic, which I don't remember if he had in eleven. But it looks like, it almost looks like a shadow move. Like he kind of, like if he, he does like this like gesture or whatever, and if you hit him, he weaves around your move. And sometimes he'll weave behind you because it almost looks like he, it's almost like a ghost teleport kind of thing. Like he gets like this like black, like uh, I don't know if they're speed lines or something like that, but something happens where he like weaves around you. There's like this effect that goes around you and then he's behind you and starts doing combos. Interesting. And his uh, X-ray is, I think it works the same way as, uh, was it an X or an 11? Yeah, where, where he like, baits you into it, you have to hit yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And I fell for it every time. <laughs> I was annoyed. Um, Wait, so you said Kung Lao was not available? Because I'm no, like, he I wasn't. haven't heard anything about Kung Lao. Okay. No, he wasn't. In my, he, he hasn't really had like a, even a, a trailer for him. Though. You just see him in other people's footage. Really. Interesting. Uh, he's had a gameplay trailer, but I feel like, or gameplay. Well, yeah. Stuff the one like, thing I like by GameSpot. I'll have to ask, yeah, before before we shift gears. Uh, yeah, did did either of you watch the uh, the first twenty minutes of Story Mode? No. Uh, video, Jay. No. I'm staying away uh, from. It. I want to no. see it when it comes out. I want to see it when it comes out too. Wow. Okay, so I'm the only one that watched. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll just say, fucking love where they're going. There's so much great shit in the story and in seeing how they implement the cameo system into the story. Really? There's so much shit I want. Yeah, oh yeah, there's so much shit I want to say, but I can't say since you're saving yourself. I'm just gonna say, uh, I love, I love what they're doing so far with the story mode, and also I want to eat at Madame Bo's Tea House every day. You'll understand when you play the game. Madame Bo, best character. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Yeah, all I'm right. surprised you didn't watch that. I'm the only one. I figure I was it's tempted. Like, I don't want to spoil myself, but it's the only first ten minutes. Everyone does that nowadays in movies. Like, okay. You know, Mortal Kombat 2021 did it. I'll see the first 10 minutes, and then the rest will be cool. Even nah, cooler. I, I, I don't know. I, I think because this is so special, I'm just like, I just want to sit down, put, you know, hit play on a thing, and just kind of go. Well, I'm, I'm just, just going to say, you're, you're going to love the beginning of the story mode. I can't wait. Oh, man, you're going to hate it, too, because they did one thing. I swear, they if they kill one... Kung Lao, I will... They did... No. I'll, I'll spoil that. I did not see Kung Lao died, but... There's one thing that happens at the very beginning that had a lot of people being like, what the fuck? And I was even kind of like, what, what, what's she doing here? And that's, mm. that's the only spoiler I give. What's she doing here? Anyway. She. About time to talk mm. about some Deadly Alliance. Unless it's All right, let's, you get, wanna... let's get into yeah. Deadly Alliance. So now to get to the main feature of this episode, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance came Woo! out 
in 2002, the year of 2K2. Came out on the good old PlayStation 2, Xbox, the original Xbox, not the Xbox One, uh, GameCube, and uh, surprisingly enough, Game Boy Advance, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later. Oh boy. Yeah. And it's like, like, and it's actually a very unique Mortal Kombat because I would say that Deadly Alliance, I mean, you guys like, uh, like, feel free to disagree with me on this, but this is how I kind of feel about it. Just initial impressions. (laughs) Um, I feel like Deadly Alliance is a bit of a trendsetter in Mortal Kombat games because a lot of Mortal Kombat games going forward literally ended up doing a lot of things that Deadly Alliance introduced first, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And, you know, like, and I kind of feel like it's, you know, a better, I kind of feel like it's a defining game in the franchise because it gives, it, it sort of set expectations for future MK games going forward, which we, like, which a lot of those features that Deadly Alliance introduced um, now are still in Mortal Kombat games today in various updated forms. I will, like, we'll talk about, but that's my initial first impression of it, just as a legacy. Even in the current games, even in the NetherRealm games, and then I guess, yes, Josh, because of the alternate fighting profiles you could do in Eleven is pretty much borrowed from our fighting styles here. However, and 10 too. I think this, and 10. This is a fucking wildly different game than anything that's came before it, and... Yeah, it is. Largely, the NetherRealm games have gone back to form, but you're right, Jay, they probably did borrow a lot from this, uh... Our opinions may differ on what we think about this departure from formula, but uh, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it at the beginning, I fucking love it. You know, we talked about like the, the 3D era games being the Dark Ages, but yeah. we're not getting a good start of this because, well, well, one, 4 was the branch into that, and we kind of all favorably looked at 4. Uh, I have played a little bit of Deception. Armageddon's the only really black hole, but it's like, my initial memories of this, because I played it, not when it came out, but in 2008, and then again a little later, and I honestly can just get sunk into this game. I dig it. I don't know I, if y'all, y'all's opinions will be the same or not. I think the only one that I've played was a bit of Armageddon at a friend's house. Other than that, I don't think I've played Deadly Alliance or Deception. I, I didn't get as much time into put as much time into the game as I wanted to, but from what I played. It was actually pretty enjoyable. Uh, it definitely took some like rewiring of mm-hmm. what you know. Not only oh, what pretty, a you pretty much have to relearn, unlearn what you yeah, have learned. Is, you have to relearn how to fucking play Mortal Kombat. That's what it the is interesting because like for. it's it's re, it's like basically relearning. Like you have to basically forget how an old Mortal Kombat game plays, but at the same time, as someone who played, you know, three D fighting games in this era like you know soul caliber 2 tekken uh 5 and 6 like this still plays very differently i think it's because it was an earlier it came out earlier than those games i believe like, i think tekken 5 came out like 04 or something like that. i don't know but it plays very differently and a lot of it what makes it different is the the, the style changes and that's that's the thing that yeah. like i still don't think i've wrapped my head around too much as far as like how to link one combo from one fighting stance to another combo and another style and that's like you just hit the l trigger in the middle of a combo. yeah but like i mean there's like certain comp like i like to learn like the actual like combo that they have in there or whatever and my old brain couldn't wrap my head around it's like i gotta i gotta i gotta change styles for this after this move and then change back in the other ones like 
It's too much, man. Mm-hmm. I want my old. I want my old MK2 straightforward <laughs> combos. If you can call them combos back then, <laughs> you fucking boomer. Um, but uh, otherwise, like I did find myself enjoying it. Like they were trying a lot of new things because they, they kind of had to. I mean, going into a little bit of the history of it, like MK, like Mortal Kombat was in a decline. Like as much as we like, you know, we sort of favorably favorably enjoyed mk4 it didn't really do well well Um, no no it did it did it did financially no financially it did like numbers wise it did reviews wise not so much i don't want to be disingenuous like there were glowing reviews about it the real decline started because well one like it was hard for people to adjust to four because of the 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 graphical change right no longer digitized actors but the the real decline started because of uh, all the side games and all the side media. It started because of Mythology Sub-Zero, which released parallel with 4, obviously. Right. We know all about that. Yeah. And then the Conquest, as much as we love Conquest, and this is our one failure as a podcast, we failed to talk about Conquest in sequence because uh, this was kind of the lead-up before Deadly Alliance, spoilers, save the franchise. But we'll talk about Conquest. But then, you know, the <laughs> Defenders of the Realm, the animated series, Annihilation, and then the final coffin. Sorry, Neil. The final nail in the coffin fucking uh, Special Forces is just Mortal Kombat was having a lot of flubs. Okay, yes. so it started after oh, MK4 then. Yeah. And oversaturation. Yeah, this was around the time where I, I kind of feel like I really started getting out of Mortal Kombat because I didn't really yeah. like 4 all too much, but... At that point in time, there were so many other things kind of going on fighting game-wise that kind of drew my attention away from Mortal Kombat. And yeah, it's like, admittedly, around that time, I never played Mythologies or Special Forces, but I did watch Defenders of the Realm, and I had at least heard of Conquest, but it just nothing there really interested me. And then at least when I first saw Annihilation, I kind of was just like... Eh, on it i ended up liking it more at, over time but my first initial impression of annihilation i was just like yeah this was not very good i was all in i played i played I mythologies i thought it was okay i saw annihilation thought it was shit but loved it conquest was awesome defenders of the realm was awesome but around the time deadly alliance came eventually and four yeah i played four i thought four was not awesome but i liked it there was a lot of awesome in it it didn't didn't disenfranchise me but i think i was like too much into starting college or whatever the hell to care when deadly alliance came out and i never played it until after i graduated college i think at that point Uh, mortal Kombat was seen to me as a nostalgic thing the magic past yeah i think i was in a similar boat where well i liked uh, Mortal Kombat 4, I liked Annihilation for what it was. Uh, you saw it in the uh, theater of your dad. Oh, yeah. And I watched the bootleg until it came out. <laughs> but, oh, is um, that the one you are afraid the FBI was going to come for you? Yeah. I can't remember now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was the one. Yeah. Um, like I said in our in our mythology review, I, I played the... Like, I rented it and played it a little bit and couldn't get past the first level and didn't care anymore. Didn't even know that Special Forces existed until way after... <laughs> It came out, and yeah, by the time you know, Daily Alliance came out, which was 02, I was, I think I had moved to another state, and I was just focused on school and getting adjusted and stuff like that. So, 
And I didn't have a PS2 when that came out. Uh, by the time I got a PS2, which was probably 03 or 04, uh, we already had uh, Tekken and Soul Calibur. So looking at that and then looking at Mortal Kombat, I was kind of like, uh, this Mortal Kombat looks kind of weird. I don't know, but these look cool. So, and I already knew Tekken because I knew because I played a lot of Tekken three. So, I jumped into those instead and didn't really pay attention too much until with Mortal Kombat until probably Shaolin Monks. And even then, I didn't play it. So, Deadly Alliance and Deception, I always confused the two. I never knew which one came first until, oh, until we started this podcast. Really, yeah, their fault for fucking deciding to pick a subtitle naming convention instead of numbers which they were going to the numbers well the number is still in the title it's part of the logo if you look obviously there's a bladed weapon that forms a v that's your five i swear i did not know that until today today like right now when i told you or just earlier before you recorded oh just now noticed that nice their original idea because they they had told around there there was a trailer that originally came out god i wish i had the date before you know things got underway and they were just calling it mortal Kombat, like they were thinking about making it a reboot and in what spirit this with reboots, side note, what is up what is up with this franchise and naming all their new stuff like their new era stuff mortal Kombat? just one i mean like, well it hasn't happened that often this happened in nine and now it's happening again with mortal Kombat. yeah but it sounded like they wanted to do that with Deadly they Alliance did with... and deadly alliance in a way is kind of a reboot it's not a reboot in story but it definitely is a reboot in gameplay you know and trying to reinvent the franchise and i guess yeah they were thinking they were thinking about just calling it mortal Kombat. but then they came out and there were a lot of there, there there's neat uh fake posters like they were thinking of when they were coming up with the title and the logo and branding they tried you know on the mk3 logo before ultimate they had the uh the american regular numeral three with the the dragon nestled in, in, inside of it yeah mm-hmm. they were doing the same thing with a five where the dragon is nestled in there and then like nah and then they were going to call it mkv with a roman numeral and they were going to call it mortal Kombat vengeance Ooh. and that was that was a thing for a while and i guess it just wasn't clicking and then they just went with let's do a subtitle and then they kept the five as part of the art and the logo yeah the bladed weapon which you did not notice till today that's hilarious it's like the fedex thing right all oh, right yeah for graphic designers the yeah. genius of the fedex logo is you never notice the arrow in in the in between the e and the x until you really look at yeah. it negative space man mm-hmm my company just redesigned their logo today. I just had a uh, a town hall meeting, and they're like, "Hey, we redesigned our logo." And I'm like, "We talked about this on our uh, fucking John Vogel episode about graphic design." And I'm just like, "What the fuck, y'all doing? Y'all took away everything <laughs> recognizable about the logo and made it generic as fuck. You dumb fucks." Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like the. <laughs> I like the graphical use of the five without making it part of a title. Yeah. Um, I love that you didn't notice that. Yeah, they like to hide that in there. I like I noticed it and I'm just like, oh, that's cute. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, I'm the dumb one. You're the dumb one. Jeez. Damn. This is a dummy dumb. <laughs> uh so so like you said, there there was a decline in in the brand, but apparently Delhi Alliance 
became itself successful enough that it brought it back up brought it back up is that right yeah uh yeah. you know they, they had initially from what i looked up thought about making it an arcade game uh, yeah. but it should be said this is the first mortal Kombat game that was not in arcades and it was console only and they decided to do that eventually because they just started to bow out of the arcade market, especially since arcades are kind of becoming old hat with next-gen systems. They were doing stuff in between that. They did have some success with a game called The Grid, which was an arcade we've talked about before. Never played it. Scorpion makes a cameo. It's like a running man arena fighting. I, I don't know much about it. I'd be interested in playing it now, uh, mm-hmm. now that we're touching on this point in history at MK. But uh, I want to say Midway wasn't doing so bad. But yeah, after, the grid, I think, was successful. But then after that, they were sliding out of arcades. Mortal Kombat, the brand, even though 4 was relatively successful, was becoming oversaturated. And so many faux pas with the side games and media. And then, yeah, they were just planning MK Deadly Alliance, man. And like Ed Boon's thing he kept saying was, we're finally going to design a game that's not going to uh, be centered around stealing your quarters so maybe we can create a more positive single player experience now as far as you guys having trouble with our our goodest boy moloch you might disagree with that (laughs) fucker's hard yeah i'm with you yeah fucker's hard i do want to add something to that josh that i just found interesting when i was researching this just mainly just because like of the era because yeah, I think it's actually that's why I said um, Deadly Alliance is a bit of like a new trendsetter because it was um, the first Mortal Kombat game that did not have an arcade cabinet and was not designed as such. And if you think of the era, two thousand two, a lot of uh, a lo- like a lot of fighting games were already moving in that direction. It's funny enough that Capcom was still trying to hold on to that arcade aesthetic, and they, and to a degree, they. I don't think. I don't think even still they've really given it up because I mean, hell, Street Fighter Four had an arcade cabinet, so that just kind of shows you wow. where, like, where Capcom is going. Yeah. And Street Fighter Four is, of course, much, you know, like actually came out like in the early 2010s, but I mean, still, I mean, Namco is doing the same thing. Like Namco, yeah, like, taking. Tekken Tag and uh, I think Tekken Four, Tekken Tag, Tekken Five. I think up to six. Yeah, maybe seven. Did seven have a? I don't think seven had a arcade. Did it? I I can't. I, I haven't played it on a cabinet, so I, I admit I don't have any idea. Hmm. But yeah, which I, right, I know six did. I think. Which right? Like like which right now? I don't think I could be wrong on this, but I don't think Street Fighter Six actually has like an arcade cabinet that I know of. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I don't think it has one, at least not in the state. So I think that like, you know, the, the days of arcade cabinets for fighting games is it was already kind of, yeah, it was already kind of on a downward spiral starting in 2000, but I think it's interesting that Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, Ed Boon kind of saw where this was going and he's like, okay, the, you know, the home consoles where this is going to go, let's just go forward and not make it because it would have been pretty easy for Ed Boon to say, hey, let's make Mortal Kombat 5 and hope it can revive the franchise, but still kind of stay tried and true to our arcade cabinet that'll suck your quarters away. And we probably would have gotten a way different game than what we actually got. So by all accounts, Deadly Alliance is a bit of a gamble. And I tend to love fighting games that take these types of risk because right. you you don't know it, you don't know if it's going to land, but you're sort of predicting where your market is going to be. And you just go for it. 
And that right there shows gumption, which is why I think Mortal Kombat, partially because of decisions like this, still thrives today. Because you know, because already we can already kind of both agree that um, the whole side quest games with mythologies and special forces really kind of didn't go where the fans wanted it to go. I mean, despite you know our opinions on both of those games, good or bad, it just it. It just didn't feel like Mortal Kombat was meant to go into the, you know, adventure platformer shoot 'em up kind of like, you know, well, thing. John Tobias had been wanting to do that for a long time just because of the rich story, you know, he was developing. And obviously the evolution of that now is of conquest modes that would come in the later PS2 era games and now are full-fledged story modes in the NetherRealm games. I don't think it's a fault of, like, Mortal Kombat just needs to be a fighting game. I think they just, you know, didn't have the large enough production team to make those two side games really successful. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a note here too. Uh, I was scrolling through while you're talking as far as the state of midway at this point. Um, and we're talking about how deadly Alliance saved them, even though MK four, like I said, was positive. Uh, they apparently were dire straits. Cause this is an article from CNN titled, uh, new mortal Kombat bloodier than ever. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> And they actually said, uh, at signaling the start of Midway's decline, uh, that the company, and I quote, the company has taken a beating falling from almost $25 per share in late 1999 to teetering around $5 a share for the second half of 22 or 2002. So, Damn. yeah, they, I guess they did take a little wallop because uh, of all those folk faux pas bad games well, whatever I mean, was mortal kombat the only game that they were well no like i time? said they did they did the grid and the grid looks yeah. like it was fairly successful but i get just a combination of mortal kombat the brand being their bread and butter and it kind of failing in the expanded media yeah and them sliding out of the arcade market and the decline of arcades in general i guess just contributed to all that yeah, yeah, it looks looks like they weren't doing good around two thousand two. And I, I think I think that yeah, that forward thinking to just focus on the consoles, put as much content as they could in there, definitely yeah. helped. Also, needs to be noted this is the first Mortal Kombat game also without John Tobias because he obviously left in the middle of Special Forces. Yeah, so you know he's great contribution, lore and story wise, art direction wise. Without him, can they still do it? I think they did. But, you know, and also fun fact, you know, just Mortal Kombat, obviously Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance did this first because it made us full. Mortal Kombat 4 was already in 3D, but I think Deadly Alliance sort of like solidified its, you know, absolute transition into 3D. As a note, Street Fighter, like Street Fighter as a franchise, didn't even go full 3D. They did it with Street Fighter EX, I know, but that was an offshoot game. Its mainline title, which is Street Fighter 4, was the first official mainline title 3D game. That didn't come in until like what, like the like the 20 teens, uh, just to kind of give you an idea. Fighting games as a whole, I feel, no. was in a little bit of a dark place in the early 2000s. I mean, you got a couple of one-offs there, but there's a... And there's some good games in there, but fighting games as a whole was not in the best of places around that time because it was so much transition going from 2D to 3D, arcade cabinet to home console, and some franchises did it better than others at the time. I I don't know about that because, well, for starters, like Street Fighter Four is not really a 3D game. It's like yeah, I was gonna say it's in 2.5D. Yeah, it's, it's more yeah, you don't move in a 3D space. You're not you're not moving like you know 
Deadly Alliance or Tekken or Soul Calibur. Like, it's still 2D directional. It's 3D renders, obviously. Yeah. yeah. 3D rendered, but yeah. Capcom already had experience with the whole, like, like full Z-axis type of 3D fighting game with Street Fighter EX. And trust me, yeah. if I, I played those games. They're interesting, but I can't really say that they're good. They feel too much like, a, a bit too much like a virtual Dude, fighter clone more than anything. Never heard of them, honestly. Dude, I... As- I played that in the arcades. I think I played either EX or EX Plus. I don't remember which. It was probably EX Plus. I played EX Plus. Yeah, I remember playing that in the arcade when I first saw it. It blew my mind. Hmm. I had never seen... I don't know why, but I guess I didn't really have much experience of 3D games at the time. So seeing Street Fighter characters in 3D doing all these crazy big moves and there's like the planet is behind them in one level is really weird. But I remember yeah. my mind being blown. But yeah, I feel like in this time, like I, I, like around the early 2000s, like Street Fighter wasn't doing well and Mortal Kombat wasn't doing well until, you know, Deadly Alliance. But uh, I think like, you know, Tekken was doing well and uh, like Dead or Alive was becoming a thing and Soul Calibur and all that. Like, I feel like there was a lot of other games outside of the big ones that were starting to make a name for themselves. Because the big names weren't doing as well. Yeah, well, you you also had new entries, too, that were really kind of defining it. Like, again, you mentioned Soul Calibur. It's first century. It's first century on, on, on the Sega Dreamcast was actually still doing pretty good. And also, you're talking, what, early 2000s? What was the big console and fighting game then? The GameCube. What was on the GameCube? Smash Brothers Melee, and which well, took the entire fighting game community wait, by GameCube storm. GameCube was the fighting game machine of the era? I would say, I would well, say, Jay, you've made arguments that Smash too, Brothers man. is not a fighting game. It's a party. It's game. not. It's not. But it. But it still. It still became. Ne- the- never mind that. Uh, Deadly Alliance came out in GameCube, and here's another thing I want to point out too. Is like as far as like the barometer for what came out there, Deadly Alliance uh, was nominated for Console Fighting Game of the Year for 2022. It was beaten out by. Yeah. Goddamn. Twenty. Yeah, 2002. <laughs> years and decades, man. To fly by. Time. 21 years ago. Time in a bottle. 21 years ago. Jesus. Anywho, it didn't win. What won was Tekken 4. Tekken 4 won console yeah. fighting game of the year by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. Uh, the other nominees, however, uh, this is interesting. Deadly Alliance, of course, Virtua Fighter 4 was the nominee. Capcom versus SNK 2 was in there yep and then interestingly enough godzilla destroy all monsters melee which was a gamecube exclusive i know right i always saw that as like i loved it because it was godzilla but i just saw it as this is like a wwf game right and like yeah it's yeah it's not it's not a fighting game that's a brawler it's a brawler and like the the ps2 sequel save the earth was like more like okay this is a better game and i never got to play it because never goddamn came on a nintendo system uh but it was nominated so apparently, a lot of people like Destroy Monsters Melee. Wait, so Tekken yeah. Four beat Capcom versus SNK Two? Yes, Tekken Four did. Yes, beat Capcom versus SNK Two. That's wild. I mean, I never yeah. played Tekken Four, but I feel like Capcom versus SNK Two would outdo that. It's I mean, not, 
that's an amazing that is an amazing game but this is what i kind of mean by like fighting games were in a weird place because snk and capcom for just a brief brief rundown i won't go too long but capcom versus but snk and capcom wanted to do a joint fighting game with each other for a while because both their franchise were not like in the best of places with both like fatal fury or the king of fighters series and then Capcom Street Fighter series, so they combined forces to do it. You later on got um, Cap, uh, SNK um, SNK versus Capcom, like S- SBC Chaos or whatever. But even in Capcom versus SNK 2, there's a lot of reused sprites in that game. Uh, the Morgan sprite from Vampire Saviors or Darkstalkers, uh, the Cami sprite, that's the Alpha 3 Cami. And then very few like new ones were actually implemented in. And so they're used, they're reusing a lot of assets, and that very much shows in that type of game um, around that time. So you can kind of tell that like they're reusing a lot of assets, you know, just to kind of save time and be cheap. Not to say it's not a great fighting game, it is, but it's just kind of giving you a visual um, around that time. Mm. Mm. Interesting, very interesting. And Mortal Kombat is over here, just like you know what, we're just going to go full 3D and take the gamble. And I really and and after like playing deadly alliance i mean i have my thoughts on the game but i get it it's like i'm over here just like okay i understand i think i think ed boone made the right decision uh to uh, to go this route so i give him a lot of credit for that yeah i think it is telling that tobias isn't in it because i feel like a lot of the character designs are wildly different than what they were in previous iterations oh yeah they are. yeah <laughs> yeah uh they're hit or miss though because i like scorpion He's my main. He's my. I'm a Scorpion stan. I like his look, but overall, they I'll definitely. Honest, I, look crazy. I don't like the default Kung Lao because he's not wearing his hat, right? Yeah, it just feels too generic. I like the gumption to have Kung Lao just put his hat in his back, not put it on. But his never head. use it. He uses a freaking like broadsword Wait, instead of a. I, I yeah, it's right. It's not his weapon. I mean, he uses his hat for the move. Yeah, but I, I feel like. His the weapon, weapon should, should be, be the, the hat, hat, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I will admit, like, okay, yeah, obviously everyone knows the, there's three fighting styles, two based off of real martial arts, and the third one is a weapon. And some of it's just grab bag, who gets what. And Kung Lao, you think he gets his hat, but he gets, what, a broadsword. Okay, that works. Scorpion gets a katana, that makes sense. Does it? It makes sense now, but did it make sense at the time? I don't think he used one before. He never used one before, no. His weapon in MK4, because MK4 had weapons, was a goddamn broadsword. Like a European medieval broadsword. How the fuck yeah. does that make sense? Here it's a katana. I mean, I guess it makes sense because he is a ninja. A katana, well, a katana makes sense if he's a samurai, which scorpions become oh, more of a samurai over time. True. Uh, I don't know if it, it's even been established that scorpion is Japanese and his name is Hazo Itsashi at this point figure they just because he, he has a katana and kenshi duh has a katana and it's literally the same weapon and moveset they they share a weapon mm, yeah yeah it's also a big fucking katana it is a john romero would be smiling it is a die katana it is big yeah <laughs> it looks like a broadsword johnny can you use the nunchucks which is so on brand for him and the fact and that Jeet, he used Jeet Kune Do. Jeet like, Kune Do, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the martial arts actor would mimic Bruce Lee, obviously. Obviously. And yeah. Liu Kang's not here to do it. Which, yeah. <laughs> obviously, everyone knows, too, opening up. 
the balls of this game, man. Just opening up and killing Liu Kang. Liu Kang, the hero. Liu Kang, the cho- Liu Kang is dead. Fuck. What a yeah, ballsy uh, if, if for some For whatever reason, like because I always got this in de- Deception and Confused, I thought he died in Deception. Right, because Deception introduces zombie Liu Kang, where he does become right. playable okay. only as the undead. Here, he is not playable in secret at, at all. all. Yeah. He is gone. The only time you see him is that opening cinematic. Mm. And that's part of the reinvention of this of the franchise here is like, yeah, that's a clean slate. No Johnny C- no no Johnny Cage, you wish. No Liu Kang. <laughs> but we still got everyone else. And they made like a couple of like many other changes, which is actually a good segue into our next part about like what actually changed in Deadly Alliance compared to previous Mortal Kombat games. And there's Definitely. a lot. <laughs> like yeah, there's a lot. It's not just the martial artists and the weapons, which that's already a lot by itself because you're literally changing up the type of fighting game it is. But they decided that they were just going to cram as much interesting sort of non-fighting game like or 1v1 fighting game content like basically as they could. They brought back the test your might thing from Mortal Kombat 1, those Hell little yeah, like, you know, side things. They added like another one called Test Your Sight, which is basically <laughs> a magic trick, which I thought was actually kind of cute. I actually thought that was kind of fun to play. It's great, oh, and it fun. actually gets harder as you go along. Because you know, the first one you and I, yep. Jay, were playing through, it's easy. Mm-hmm. In the hard levels, it gets so hard, they move the camera around to fuck you up. They, really? They all, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they also added like um, which I thought this was interesting. I played a very brief like little bit of this, but I thought it was neat. Where they had like almost like a, I kind of consider it almost like an alternate story mode because uh, it's conquest, conquest mode. It's yeah, a conquest tra- mode. It's a glorified training mode, is what it is. But yeah, it yeah, also yeah. Gives it's you yeah, it's a. Yeah, it's like a story, but it really acts as like the game's tutorial on how to play the game and what combos to and, use and, and stuff, and which I think honest, is neat. If you're coming off of this from MK one two three four. You need you need a tutorial. I probably like, should have yeah. done that. You you should have, man, because that's how I got into this game when I bought it, and I bought it in two thousand eight. I almost called it twenty eight, um, <laughs> and, and I sunk into it because I played the conquest, and it because like I said, nothing like this plays anything like old school MK. It's completely from yeah. the ground up, so you kind of need. Not only do you need to be retaught how to play Mortal Kombat, you need to be taught how to play each individual character because for the first time in the franchise's history, each character plays differently because of the fighting styles. And while they're training you, they do give you story beats uh, and background information. And that's where the meat of the story is because there is no story mode in this game. And uh, it's easy to get fucking lost in. Uh, that's why I, I, I like this game because it's, it's deep. It's deep. Yep. And then also, if that was not enough content for you, probably the big thing that this game introduces, which is still present in Mortal Kombat to this day, is the Crypt. Yep. The Crypt makes its first appearance in this game with over 600 plus coffins in the dang Crypt to unlock God all types of different crypts. I guess that's, that is a legacy thing that has carried over to another role in games. Yeah. And yeah. Unlike, unlike the current games, there's some really cool shit in the Crypt here. You can get the fun video Cooking of Scorpion. Have, have any of y'all watched that? Dude. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That was funny. That was hilarious. Yeah. Which that guy has a YouTube series uh, where he, he, he does Scorpion, does this and does that. Uh, continues. It's pretty funny. And you, you can get the, the, the hit single music video, uh, Immortal, by a band called, what are they called? Edema? 
pretty mm-hmm. fucking cringe. Yeah. It's honestly a pretty fucking cringe song. It is too early two thousands as fuck. It is that. Yeah. It is that uh, limp biscuit Papa Roach style. I fucking hate it. Uh, uh. But it's whatevs. It was. It was the big tie-in promotion for the for the fucking game and the music videos in there and so forth. Well, you can also like isn't there's like a behind the scenes like footage thing where like a day in the a day at like Midway or whatever where you like follow yeah. you follow like uh Ed Boone and the team and you see them like developing fatalities and like you know working on motion capture with uh Carlos uh Piscina and you see uh them like doing different things like you know experimenting with like damage on the face during matches and stuff like that it's really cool yeah take notes uh another realm studios give us more shit like that in our crypt for mk1 which is already coming out in the yeah. less than a i'll month. be honest i didn't mess with the crypt because i'm still traumatized from the mk9 crypt or was it 10 like, with the spiders i don't i never played 10 but because nine was the one where like i was playing it and i was like oh this is really interesting and like <laughs> Then, like, a few times they would have, like, a ghoul or something, like, jump out at you and scream like crazy. And I hate jump scares, so I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. So I've never done a crypt since. You played 11. I've done 11. Yeah, but once you get farther in 11, because 11 is its own game in a way. Once you get into Goro's Lair, the jump scares start coming. Because you get a, you know, you get tools, right? You get Shao Kahn's hammer. You find Kenshi's blindfold. And when you put on Kenshi's blindfold, it lets you see in the spirit realm. But if you stay in the spirit realm too long, blah, 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 something jumps out of you. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. It it got me, man. <laughs> well, there's a good well, yeah, I'm never gonna play that either. <laughs> I'm never gonna play that. They're probably gonna no, do some that, shit with that. That sounds worse, man, because I would not expect that. Oh my yeah, god. You're just like, oh cool, I can see other shit, and then all of a sudden a fucking ghost zombie just like tackles you and you have to take the blindfold off or you die. Oh dear God! Yeah, it's and there's spiders too. There's spiders. There's a cave of spiders on top of oh, that. Oh God! Yeah, why are they doing this to me? <laughs> Luckily, though, like at least in Deadly Alliance, the crypt is. I mean, it's it's obviously the crypt, but it's very. It's their first. But, it's their first attempt at it. It's just yeah, coffins yeah. to open. It's it's just coffins in in a very symmetrical, very parallel, like e- evenly spaced out pattern, and you just unlock whatever from you know combat coins that you get in the game as a same game currency combat so coins. combat yeah. coins yeah yeah <laughs> probably probably my favorite thing about it though because i admittedly this was probably the funnest thing i learned when i was doing research on this i didn't unlock this in the crypt or anything josh uh when i was playing your copy but i wish i would have just by sheer luck oh yeah like uh, yeah. small note to say about my copy but keep going i want to say it after you're done yeah, but like, but I do want to mention this. Like, we're going to talk about all the new characters in Mortal Kombat: Deadly Alliance, to which there are a lot. But I am going to mention two of them because I just find them to be the most hilarious ones. Is in the crypt you can unlock uh, two uh, two new characters that don't really have a lot of story. Uh, the characters are Blaze and Mocap, and yeah. the lore behind those two is hilarious and i and i admit like i wish i would have played this game at the time because i would have laughed my butt off because blaze is, is is almost like a legacy character in of himself because they're hinting at the fact that he is the guy on fire on the bridge in, in mortal Kombat 2 in the background on yep. the uh on the bridge so they kind of made him his own character which is neat and mocap literally looks like a dude who's wearing motion capture and 
that's hilarious by itself, but he's apparently, of course, a friend of Johnny Cage. <laughs> and he's yep. like a stuntman for him, he which I thought motion was... motion capture in his movies. Apparently he needs motion capture in his movies, but yeah. Yeah, and, and also, that... It is also supposed to be like a not... It is, it is Carlos Pacino. Yeah, yes, so it's not to Daniel Pacino's Johnny Cage's brother, Carlos Pacino, who's played, yeah. of course, Raiden in the 2D games and continues to work midway at that era and even to this day for another realm but he did motion capture and stuff like that so that was a tribute to them and he even kind of he kind of looks like carlos Pacino a little bit jay you had your picture taken with him he does kind of yep. look like him doesn't he yep and i just wanted to at least say at least in the onset that like i think mortal kombat is a great franchise of a fighting game because it does fun little things like this they didn't have to do a mocap character with a veteran of motion capture for Mortal Kombat and then call it mocap and just kind of just throw their cards on the table. But they did, and they're having fun with it. They also didn't have to do a, like a Scorpion cooking show, but they did, and they threw it in there. So stuff like that to me shows that they're having that they're they're having a lot of fun making this stuff, and they want their audience to enjoy the tongue in cheek of it too. And I kind of love Mortal Kombat for that. Small thing about that Scorpion cooking show. I could be wrong, but I think it's like a separate creator that they just like brought on. I don't know, because like I said, he has this YouTube thing. But I do want to comment on, he did a YouTube video too, where he dressed up as Batman, specifically Chris Nolan Batman. Of course. Uh, to do a Big a Big Mac eating challenge. <laughs> uh, where he like eats like 50 Big Macs or something. And the video starts where he goes to McDonald's and makes the order. And he literally walks in and goes, where are they? Where are they? <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, boy, I'm getting my lines crossed. And as far as mocap, there is an ending because uh, you can once you unlock mocap, you can beat him and uh, beat the game with him and the ladder. And as we'll learn, the endings in these these games are uh, kind of like how they were in the 2D games, where they're kind of just like a, a general narrated version, except the narrator Raiden is is reading them to you, and you get a couple panels. But mocaps doesn't have a voice to it. It's just the the text. But it's more or less along the lines of he came and mocapped uh, scenes for a movie based off Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, and they actually like photoshopped him in of real behind the scenes photos of you can see Ed Boon and you can see John Vogel fucking work behind the scenes, and then it ends is and the end, <laughs> and that's it. That's it. <laughs> it's just super silly. Anywho. Wow. Yeah, I forget where out if there was another point I wanted to make. Let's keep Oh, going. you said you said there was something about your uh your copy of uh Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. Oh right, yeah. So Jay was talking about the uh, the profiles, right? So when the game starts up, you make your 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 profile your 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 user profile so you can save your progress in the crypt and stuff like that. Yeah. And this is the first time that Mortal Kombat's done something like that. And I just find it fucking hilarious because when I brought to prepare for this episode, I brought my GameCube, which can be handily carried because of its nice little purse handle, right? Right. Uh, to Jay's place uh, and let him play a bit. And I even left it with him and humorously pointed out that we're going to have to make a third fucking profile on this thing. Because <laughs> when I played, when I first played it in 2008, I made a profile and it makes you make a password with a button combination on your GameCube <laughs> or PS2 or whatever controller. Yeah. And I'm sure I wrote it down when I was 25 or however old I was. 
but I lost it. So there was a resurgence where I started to replay it again, probably around like 2014 or something like that. And I was forced to make another profile. <laughs> and then in preparation for this episode, I dusted it off again. I'm like, fuck, what the hell was my goddamn password? And I couldn't remember either of them. And I tried, like I knew I would have done something like just do a, a full circle on the D-pad or something like that. And none of them registered. So I had to make a third profile. And then Jay, I don't know if you made a fourth profile on my memory card or not, but it's like, that was the one thing Jay was disappointed about. It's like half the character roster isn't available. Cause obviously you unlock Cyrax, yeah. Katana, Natara, other characters by playing the conquest or beating the ladders and saving them on your memory card. And I don't have that available. Cause I fucking restart the game every time I dust it off. Cause I can't fucking <laughs> write down passwords. Oh man. That's the one downside. 2000s era gaming on memory I'll be cards. honest, I don't know if I remember my pa- the password mm-hmm. that I used for this. I found a photo on my phone of a password. I'm like, this is it. I'm like, oh, wait, that's for Nightmare Creatures on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> Good game, by the way. Totally not Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, though. So, yeah, um, you know. Uh, should we go into the story beats? Yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah there's some yeah, there's some interesting stuff there um, that I like. Liu Kang is dead. Liu Kang is dead. My first question about the story, uh, and also... What bring, the fuck is the story? What the fuck <laughs> is the story? Also brings into the light like a very awesome moment where I was experiencing the story but not playing the game. I'll explain that. Is why the fuck is Shao Kahn still alive? Because I'm very confused. He gets killed, though. I mean, oh, no, he very... gets killed in Deadly Alliance, right? No, in uh, Deception, right? Deadly yeah. Alliance, this game. He gets killed in the beginning because... Shao Kahn, or I'm sorry, Shang Tsung and Quan Chi form an alliance and kill the two main threats to their uh, plan, which would be the Emperor of Outworld and the Champion of Mortal Kombat. But true, I was confused by that because I thought, I, I assumed Shao Kahn was killed at the end of 3. I guess not. But because Mortal Kombat 4 had nothing to do with him, except Reiko, his biggest fanboy ever, it had to do with Shinnok and Quan Chi, right? And mm. I thought that Outworld had been reunited or whatever with Adenia because one of the MK4 endings for Liu Kang is Katana comes out of a portal and asks him to come rule with her in Adenia and he refuses because he needs to maintain the champion, the, the title of the champion in Mortal Kombat. Right. So as far as I understood, like Outworld's no longer a thing. Adenia is restored. But I guess it's more complicated than that. Because, yeah, the beginning of the story here is Shao Kahn apparently is still alive. Outworld's still a thing. He's still fucking around on his throne. And he gets killed off like a bitch by Sh- uh, Shang Tsung and Quan Chi. But they me- didn't mention that he's, like, weakened for some reason? Probably weakened after his battle in 3, yeah, losing and all that. Yeah. But the story goes deeper. I guess there is sort of, like, Adenia is restored, but it's still separate from Outworld because my biggest memory as a kid when this game was coming out was reading, like you do as a kid in the late 90s and early 2000s, going to a Walmart, what do you do? You're reading the strategy guides, right? And I'd be, before I ever got to play Deadly Alliance, I'd be reading the strategy guide in Walmart, and it was filled with the, the, the preloaded story, which included Katana's campaign and war against Shao Kahn, which is hinted at in the Mortal Kombat Gold, which is a Mortal Kombat 4 extended ending, which Neil talked about, where Katana is trying to form a, 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 tre- a, a treaty with Goro and the Shokans. Remember? 
mm-hmm. and shot yeah. and Kung Lao comes up to try and fuck things up and then they shake hands. Uh, I remember clutching my chest like I was watching a goddamn soap opera because I'm reading about this part where apparently Goro was killed in battle. He's allied of Katana fighting Shao Kahn's forces and he is killed in battle. And Katana holds like a formal funeral for him, like a Shokan, traditional Shokan funeral for him and everything. And I'm like, this is epic, dude. Wow. So par- apparently that's the backstory. So I guess Outworld still is a threat because Katana was fighting Khan. But yeah, conniving little fucking backstabbing bitches killed him instead. <laughs> and, and, and I love the backstory too, because the backstory coming up to, to Deadly Alliance, Scorpion's ending in four is canon. <laughs> He and Sub-Zero reach an understanding. Quan Chi reveals that he killed Scorpion's family and Scorpion drags him to hell. Like in that Sam Raimi yeah. movie. And that's literally the opening of Deadly Alliance. Is Quan Chi is trapped in hell and Scorpion won't stop teasing him. <laughs> and and Quan, Quan Chi finds a way to escape. He is that desperate to get out of Scorpion's, you know, uh, noogies that he keeps giving him. Uh, his hell noogies. <laughs> And, and yeah, I just love that as a Scorpion stand. That Scorpion is the driving force to make Quan Chi try to find a way out. Yeah. It's also cool that they made that cannon for Mortal Kombat 4. I, I, yeah. I always thought that was kind of cool. Well, you know, uh, all the arcade landing or endings are, you know, non-canon sometimes. Uh, and sometimes it's a combination of a few of the endings. And Scorpion got to be one of the ones that was canon. And, and Scorpion I think, goes to some great places at the end of this game, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Continue. I, I'll go. I'll go ahead and Josh and just be a, like a little bit of a fanboy here for a second. But probably my favorite lore that I read about actually was reptiles lore. I think. It, I think it's just interesting because oh, even yeah. though he look, even though he looks horrendous in this game, I do not deny that he is basically a minion without a master in this game. After Shao Kahn gets killed, he's kind of looking for like a new purpose. And I guess he's fighting to find out what that purpose is or whatever, but he ends up basically, I don't know how this happens. I I think this is stupid, but he just magically stumbles upon a dragon egg or like an egg or something. More or less he gets lost in another realm and is interacting with Natara who has yeah. the vampire who has her own motives and Cyrax who is trapped in another realm and is working for Jax and Sonya. And yeah, he just happens upon the egg. And much like Scorpion gets to have a big thing, it looks like he has a bad ending at this game, but it turns out to be an awesome ending in the next game. But doesn't, uh, isn't originally the egg was being guarded by Blaze? Uh, Blaze is the guardian of the egg, and the egg, spoilers, is the Dragon King's egg, the original ruler of Outworld, yada yada, onada. Yep, right. You know him, you love him. And Reptile, your best boy, gets to be the fucking vessel for the Dragon King. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah, which is cool, and Reptile now has a new purpose, so in a way, he kind of got his new purpose. I don't know if he wanted it, but he got to be it, and I'm just like, that's actually a cool, like, sort of... Not main character, but sort of side character. Can't wait for the sequel type arc that you know that yeah. he went through. Yeah. And I'm like, know, okay, I that's don't pretty know cool. what happens with him in Deception. I don't even know if he's in Deception. We'll find out when we get to Deception. What I do know about Scorpion. So Scorpion has a bad end. His whole his whole plot in this game is uh, just beating the shit out of Quan Chi. And the re- final realization of his plot is he's sneaking into their fortress. And is cornered by Moloch and Draman, the other demon slash Oni 
in uh, employ of the Deadly Alliance. Uh, secretly working for Shang Tsung, though, because Shang Tsung, of course, is going to betray Quan Chi and gets the two demons to exclusively work for him, which includes stopping scorpions. The scorpion ends up fighting them, but gets overpowered, and according to the ending, they throw him into the soul NATO, which is the stupidest word in existence, but it's the best word That's to describe. Word. It's a fucking swirling tornado of souls. It's a soul NATO, and the purity of it tears scorpion apart. And that's it. As a scorpion stand, when I finished that, I'm like, that's fucking bullshit, man. But uh, spoilers and <laughs> deception, the reality of that is that he gets taken to the higher realm and meets the elder gods. And they want him to become their champion to defeat the Deadly Lands. Because also spoilers, this is the first game in this series where the bad guys win. The canon ending is Shang Tsung and Quan Chi fucking win. Yeah. The good guys lose. So because they're still a threat, in the beginning of the deception, Scorpion becomes the quote-unquote champion of the Elder Gods. What the hell? Yeah. get Real good moment for Scorpion stance. He gets fucked over at the end of that, though. But we'll get to that when we talk about deception. All in all, though, I think like there's a lot of there's a lot of story beats here. Like, okay, Sub-Zero, I, I didn't really come across it for the research for this episode, but I just already knew about it. He comes across a fucking shrine in Outworld. Outworld, as we know, is now a a conglomeration of realms, conquered realms, that they just keep adding to the pot. It's a melting pot. It's like America. (laughs) Kind of. Exactly like America. It's exactly (laughs) like America. Um, And he discovers a tomb of cryomancers from a cryomancer realm. And it turns out that's where Sub-Zero is from. His ancestors were from a realm separate from Outworld that were conquered by Outworld. And then somehow his ancestors ended up in Earth Realm and he ended up in the Lin Kuei. But his lineage is, he is from the Cryomancer Realm. And same for Frost, his new recruit. That's where this came from. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. Sub-Zero is a Cryomancer. But I just like that. I want to point out that this is the first time Mortal Kombat keeps dialing back on its tried and true, the trilogy. Mm-hmm. It, Four branched out and just gave us a new villain of the week a little bit. But this is really a nice part in the franchise's history where it did try and branch out and evolve the story and expand the story beyond, you know, just mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat tournament. And I think it's really cool. Yeah, I think I think one thing that Josh I like I don't think you mentioned this, but I think it's relevant. This not only did we start out Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance with just, we're just going to kill Liu Kang. Just F him, he gone. Break his neck in front of everybody on live television. Like, just <laughs> boom, done dead. Um, but no, not only that, we're going to have the Deadly Alliance actually work. Like, at the end of Deadly Alliance, Earth Realmers don't win. They lose. <laughs> yeah, they straight up lose. I mean, you wouldn't really know that play in this game, except going through the, all the possible, possibly non-canon arcade endings you really wouldn't know that until you start deception where deception sets up that yeah nope they the bad the the good guys lost yeah yeah like i like obviously if we were still back in 2002 doing this and deception wasn't out i'd have a different you know i have hope like i don't know kung lao's gonna win right sub-zero somebody yeah Yeah, but i mean like no like they like no like they straight up lose and i'm just like oh so i guess this really is the start of just raiden just fucking up around here fucking because, up around here 
Yeah, I guess this really was the first, like the first red flag. Like, Raiden, why did you lose on Mortal Kombat? Why are you fucking up around here? Yeah. So yeah, which yeah. is funny. I think there's a tournament involved too, because obviously, Mortal Kombat Two was the last tournament. But there's mention here. Uh, um, I guess we'll get our next phase is to get into some of the characters too, because this is a, the Mortal Kombat game with the most new characters, and one of them we already talked about for one, Lee May. Part of Lee May's story. She's an outworlder. Her people are being persecuted by the Deadly Alliance, yada, yada. Apparently, she enters a tournament hosted by the Deadly Alliance to defend her people. So apparently, it's probably like a, a, a throwaway line in the fucking backstories in like the attract mode. But apparently, there is a tournament still going on. Hmm. Like, Quan Chi and yeah. Shang Tsung just figure, why, 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 why not give them a tournament? Just to make them think like they're uh, accomplishing something. Weird. Because <laughs> there's mention of a tournament in 4, too. Even though 4 and this game are more about war than an actual tournament. I think that's just like them writing themselves in the corner and just forcing them to... I'm not sure. Yeah, it doesn't seem that important, this game. So. It doesn't. But maybe we yeah. should talk about the characters unless there's anything important to talk about story-wise, gameplay-wise. Yeah, let's, let's go to the characters. Yeah. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot. And it's so funny that we're talking about these characters because a lot of these characters are coming back for one. Yeah, that's true. And I will give credit to Deadly Alliance too because we talked. We had a, we had an episode talking about what makes a character, right? And criticizing some more recent additions as being generic. There's generic characters in this, but a lot of them have, have passed the test and become iconic. Kenshi. Bo-Ride Show. Oh, yeah. Fucking iconic. Mm-hmm. The, granted, yep. they're tropes. The Drunken Master, the Blind Swordsman. We've seen it all. But they're beloved characters now. Kenshi especially, I would Kenshi say. Kenshi especially. Yeah, I'm, I was actually trying to think about, like, who is, like, the best new character in this game that really made an impression and his legacy, his or her legacy continues through multiple Mortal Kombat games. And really, Kenshi's the only one I can think of that truly made a splash. Like, he... I think he re I think he really a lot he's really become like a fan favorite. I mean, hell, there's a reason why he was one of the first, you know, th- um, um, used as an example in Mortal Kombat One. Like, there's a reason for that. Like, he's just a really popular character. I would argue Barrad Show too, but he's not in Mortal Kombat One. So, as far yeah. as I know, unless he becomes a cameo, Frost. I would say Kenshi just everyone, really wins. Everyone hates Frost. Yeah, I don't know about I don't know about Frost, man. I mean, <laughs> Frost was in Eleven, but that was my first really ever time hearing about Frost. I liked her in Eleven. This is her introduction, and her, her story is she's Sub Zero has regained control of the Lin Kuei after all the Cyber Initiative catastrophe, and he is the new Grand Master and one of his, and he wants to make the Lin Kuei a force for good. And one of his first understudies is Frost, who spoilers also turns out to be cryomancer who's the just from the cryomancer realm but she's she's kind of a motherfucker she fucks things up she's got a big ego yeah and that's why people yeah. don't like her because she fucks things up even in 11 <laughs> she fucks things up but i kind of like her i also like her look in 11 she's got that my chemical once again my chemical romance haircut some people call it the justin bieber haircut but her <laughs> classic look is spiked hair because it looks like icicles because she's frost she's female sub-zero and everyone hates her She's I eight, I guess. But yeah, Kenshi is a stand-up. I'm a, I'm a Bo Show. Maybe it's just because he's my spirit animal. Oh, I... Oh, yeah. I I mean, I 
wish that they would bring him well, back for one because I he was I, fun since you ass. didn't watch the story uh, first ten minutes for MK One. I mentioned Madame Bo as a character you'll come to love. I kind of oh. wonder. I'm not the one only one to think this. Is she a stand-in for Bo Raicho? She's not a drunkard, but she's a badass. She's an unlikely badass that you know of. And it makes me think: Is that oh, Bo Raicho? Good. I, I really hope he comes back too, because um, he was fucking great in Ten. He is awesome. Um, some of these oh, characters. God, yeah. Maybe don't pass the litmus. Apparently, some of them did because, like, the Tara, that's the one character I would think, like, who fucking. It's a vampire. Okay, whatever. Who cares? But she was in the 2021 movie, apparently, popular enough to get cut in half by Kung Lao. <laughs> but the character that I liked when I first played Deadly Alliance, now playing it again with mm-hmm. you guys realizing maybe I don't like him, was Mavada. Oh, yeah, you were talking about Mavada. I liked him initially because he just looks cool. He looks slick. He has a black leather jacket. He's kind of wiping his mouth in his character select screen. Uh, needs to be said, best character select music in the whole series. Some A lot of people said. Jay, I think, Jay, you said it was kind of annoying because it looped a little bit too much. I like it. Yeah. Doom, doom, doom. And everyone gets a full body character portrait and I just thought Mavado looked fucking slick and cool and sexy. Uh, And his moveset's interesting. He's the Red Dragon, which is the origin of the Black Dragon. Black Dragon offshoot from him. He has hook swords because he fucking took them from Cabal. One of his moves is literally called Cabal's Torment. And he has cool rubber bandy stretchy moves. Uh, And I... And he has a neat stance, and I just thought he was cool. But now looking at him, I kind of dislike him now. And apparently he wasn't popular enough to come back in one, so. His, his fatalities. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, we should get into that, too, uh, next. Yeah. Most of the fatalities in this game suck. That's the one thing they... I, I keep saying I do love this game. Big drop-off for me is the fatalities. They they drop the ball on them. But let's talk about There's the characters a... some more first. Yeah, everybody. There's a, there's one. a few more negatives in this game. I mean, the positives outweigh it, but when you change a game like uh, Deadly Alliance did compared to previous Mortal Kombat, some of those changes are going to be good, and then some are not. And I think absolutely the lack of the lack of good fatalities, really, the fact that there's only one and not like you know anything else. I'm and, okay with them being one, and also should be noted reducing the amount of special moves to like just one or two to make room for the fighting styles i'm okay with that and in in aim of simplifying the gameplay while also allowing for more depth with these this new mechanic i'm a-okay with that it just fatalities suck (laughs) yeah but also there's no stage fatalities either Mm -hmm. that's kind of a bummer we gone are Babalities, animalities, and friendships, which I will always love friendships. You guys friendships know me. Friendships are awesome. I, feel I like... love that they brought them back for 11. But I, like, I'm yeah. okay with that. I'm okay for that. Simplify things. I should note, there was a stage fatality planned. Uh, let me find out my notes. Before I find out my notes, there was technically kind of like, there was, there was a stage hazard. Was... There was an acid bath. If you get knocked under the acid, it hurts you. Yeah. But they actually did plan, here it is. They actually did plan a stage fatality. In the Lunghai Temple, there was going to be a great sea dragon from Outworld, which is apparently is mentioned in the bio for the arena. I, I didn't get a chance to look it up. That was planned. I guess you're going to throw your enemy into a big sea serpent. But I guess they didn't get it done. 
I saw something in the making of where they were working on that one stage where it has the uh, the evil Buddha statues with the acid in there, yeah, like, in the eggs or whatever. And then I think at one point it gets activated where it starts spewing out the acid through its mouth, like basically throwing it up on the ground. And it sounded like they were trying to see if they could make it into a stage fatality, but I guess they didn't. I don't mind that. And I don't mind there only being one fatality. It's just the fatalities. Yeah. I'll be honest. The only time I've ever really used stage fatalities is if I looked it up. Yeah. And the only one that I consistently do is the pit one from MK2. Oh, uh, Deadpool was easy because it was just uppercut, I think. No, you did have to do an yeah. input for that. Yeah. No, you had to do something else. But I never... I could never remember the... Uh, the there was one no dude that, there was one that was a, it was a, it was a playground rumor that the trees eat you and it didn't become a reality until mk9 because uh, they do this well even then i i didn't do it i didn't uh, do it unless i looked it up but yeah fatality sucks scorpion's fatality is lame playing lee may now now that i discovered i like her her fatality is okay uh only because I, I would call it messy. I even forgot what she does. She like impales you or something with her heels or something. I don't know. But it just made a lot of chunks. I, I like them chitlins, like chicken livers just spread mm. out. But then when I, I looked at the other fatalities, I didn't get to see a lot of them do that. Like MK3 shtick was having like 20,000 femurs. MK Deadly Alliance's shtick is like a bunch of just chunks, like chitlins. Looks like you would throw it in your chili. Uh, and it's kind of disgusting. There are a couple of good fatalities, but some of them are lame. Like Quan Chi, who had one of the best fatalities from 4, where he beat you with your own leg for until the cows come home. <laughs> and this one, he yeah. stretches your neck. And that's that, it. That your neck stretches thing. like Wild E. Coyote, and you die. What it's very Looney Tunes. It super it's Looney very, Tunes. very Looney Tunes. They ran out of ideas. Uh, one interesting one, Jay was like, what the fuck, when, when he did it. Johnny Cage, he rips out your brain. Yeah, I was like, huh? It's actually a, huh. a callback to an unused fatality from 2, where he rips out your brain, and they never use. Here they, they realized it. Still kind of weird, huh. but yeah. Cool. It's one of the few kind of good ones. Yeah. Scorpions is lame. By the way, Scorpion has not had a good fatality since 4. Like, even in, in 1, I, we see a brief fatality of his in... The first gameplay trailer, he like impales you midair and with a spear and pulls your body apart. Looks lame. Yeah. All his fatalities, I'm so pissed. 11, 10, I don't care. His fatalities are lame. And in this one, it's no different. He throws a spear and impales your head and then he tugs. And then he tugs again and he keeps tugging until your head pops off. And I'm just like, that's kind of lame. And 4, he turned to a scorpion and just dismembered you. I loved it. I thought he had the... He has both, because Mortal Kombat 4 had like two to three fatalities. So he had the Toasty, which at this point is a boring fatality, but it was great in 4 because Dan Forden goes, Toasty 3D! And he adds a 3D in there. (laughs) That's great. And then, yeah, and then his second fatality is it turns into a goddamn scorpion since he got robbed of that animality in 3. Now he finally gets to do it. And yeah, he, he stabs you in the midsection and with his claws, he pulls you in half. Awesome. And that's the last good yeah. fatality Scorpion has ever had. Hmm. Also, one thing I'm going to mention, at least like like with at least with like uh, with small things I didn't like about 
Deadly Alliance. I, and even in, I say this with a bit of credit where it's due because it could have been worse, but I'm, I don't think I'm a fan of the art style of this game, particularly the character profiles. Everybody has this like weird sort of like almost edgelord type <laughs> look to them. Um, in their profile shots, everybody looks super shiny. That's Mavado and granted, on that show. Yeah, like, yeah, like, I, and, and and there's, but there is at least a caveat to that because I would rather them look edge lord and shiny and kind of like almost weirdly, uh, like almost like clay because again, it's early two thousands with their three D and stuff like that. I would rather them look like that than just these bland, bland-looking characters that almost have no personality to them. So it's sort of like a lesser of two evils for me. I mean, obviously, this did not continue because they changed the art style later on. I kind of feel like it got much better. But, man, this one right here just has some, in my opinion, some atrocious character designs. Jax looks ridiculous Jax looks game. stupid as fuck. And, Rep- and, we already, and we already said Reptile looks horrendous, so like we already went down that road. I mean, we have to give it, like, I mean, the benefit of the doubt is that this is their first, I mean, technically their second, but, like, it's their first, yeah. like, real foray into, like, the full, like, using the power of, like, this new generation of consoles yeah. and stuff. And also the fact that they're doing it, you know, they're not focusing on arcade, they're focusing on consoles. Mm-hmm. So that plus, you know, not having Tobias there to, like, do character design stuff like that. Even though, like, some of the character designs are pretty decent, but. I feel like this just the fact that it was an early PS2, GameCube, Xbox era game, all of like a lot of those games kinda looked like that. Like a lot of the whenever you do a new generation, they always kinda have this thing where they're trying to be super stylized but also super realistic and it always mm-hmm. looks kinda weird. But I, I remember like booting this game up because it's my first time playing it, and I was like, Are these supposed to be like statues, like bronze <laughs> statues? Because everybody's kinda bronze a little bit. It's really weird. But I feel like if I played this in 2002, I would have thought this looked awesome. Compared to like what we saw in MK4, I would have been like, oh, this it's is It's definitely dope. a step up from MK4. It's so much more detail. Yeah. If you put it in that context, and then like, if you're unfortunate enough to play uh, Special Forces or something like that, then you're like, you go into this and you're like, oh man, this is a step up. Well, I thought you were going to say unfortunate enough to play Mortal Kombat deadly lines on game boy advance which i think it, it should be mentioned because mm. you know up and did that come out at, at the same time or did it come out later? fuck man uh well it, there is a later because they had a second edition which is the real reason right. i want to talk about it i don't know if it came out right at the same time i think it did but you know historically any i want to say any portable port but I should just limit it to Game Boy. Any Game Boy port of a Mortal Kombat game gonna suck. You know, we all... I don't even know if there was a port of MK3. But, you know, this is a Game Boy Advance. It's a little more powerful, right? Uh, they, they, they didn't get to have all the characters. I don't know if there's much unique about that game. But then they came out with an update called Mortal Kombat Tournament Edition. And that is notable for a few reasons. One, they were able to get back a couple of the characters... I think it might have still been missing Sub-Zero. But they brought in Noob Saibot, who was just a black pellet swap of Scorpion. Which, small side, when we're talking designs, I actually... Jax is stupid. I actually like Scorpion's design in Deadly Alliance. I think it's a great updated Scorpion. I like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. They brought Noob Saibot. I forget who else. But the big thing 
there's two big things about this. One, it uses 2D sprites, right? Because this is like a 16-bit-ish system. It had unique fatalities, specifically weapon-based fatalities, which none of the other versions did. And I've seen a couple clips of them. So you could be like Kenshi and you like gut somebody with the katana. That's not in the main oh. console games. And they even have a title card come up that says weapon fatality. So there's specific weapon fatalities unique to this version of the game. But besides all that, That's cool. besides having Noob Cybot and I forget who else, uh, who are just like clever. Par- oh yeah, they had like Cy- uh, Sector. Who is just a pellet swap of Cyrax, who of course is in Deadly Alliance. They have Serena, who we just talked about earlier, talking about MK1. Yeah. There was a model made for her that they never used for Deadly Alliance, and they just decided, well, fucking let's use her for the Game Boy Advance second iteration. So Serena, her first official playable appearance is in Mortal Kombat Tournament Edition for the Game Boy Advance. That's insane. That's insane. Which it seems like she would have been a character that would have been in 4. Because she was in mythologies. And there was a parallel story going on there with Shinnok and Quan Chi. She would have been perfect to have been in 4. But I guess it never happened. I think that became Tanya maybe. Or someone else. So, well, let's put her in Deadly Alliance. Never happened. Let's put her in the Game Boy Advance version. So there you go. Now you have your Serena. I just thought that was very interesting. Kind of want to get that. Yeah, that'd be a thing to... Uh, legacy thing to get. Yeah. Hey, Nintendo, put that on fucking Nintendo Switch Online. You bastard. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> We're idiots. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, it's late. It's late. <laughs> oh, man, we totally skipped... There were some parts I want to talk about, about as far as the making of, too, about the, the company that made the engine... And what games they're responsible for. But I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So I, I'll let you divert back to you. You see, and you're the host of this episode. Oh boy. Oh boy. I mean, we're still talking about characters. And yeah, stuff, we kind of skip past characters into... I mean, there's a bunch of characters. Like like you said, Like this is like the most new characters introduced into a Mortal Kombat game. I don't know if Deception or Armageddon changed that. But this is the most. Uh, eight to... T- 12 when you count the unlockable characters new characters i think characters. it's 11 total yeah that's all shitload because we got because we got bo Cho, we got Draman, which is that demon dude yeah uh frost kenshi su hao which i don't did we talk about su we didn't and everyone hates him yeah yeah he's yeah. Like, he's like Jax's main antagonist in the um in the story and in fact Jax's ending is he kills su hao yeah I mean, he looks like a fake Kung La, uh, a fake Kano. Yeah, he's right. kind of like Kano because he's got a, a energy thing in his chest. Uh, his story is he works for the Red Dragon, which is the original right. origin of the Black Dragon, and he works for Mavado, and he's an implant in the Outworld Investigation Agency with Sonya and Jax, pretending to be them, until uh, he gets his command to destroy a portal, or whatever, and fuck them over. Yeah. Yeah. And that's his shtick. And he's just got a horrible design, kind of stereotypy Asian looking, Asian-y looking with a dictator's hat. I've likened him to, forgive me for comparing it. I've always called him, he looks like Big Gay Al from South Park. Because <laughs> it looks like he's wearing S&M gear. And I'm actually might be confusing him with uh, Mr. Slave from South Park, two different characters. 
He looks like that. He looks like he wears leather straps, bare chest. His, his, his fighting style is interesting, though. His wrestling. Not something you see much of in Mortal Kombat. But, yeah. It's true. Yeah. And that would be cool if we got, like, a grappling character in Mortal Kombat. That was one thing I read. Uh, was it uh, IGN uh, or EGM were disappointed in their review. They said they his character and the new command throws sort of teased at a possibility since they fucking revitalized the rest of the fighting system. It teased the possibility of let's introduce more robust grappling into it. And they didn't. And it's like, wouldn't that be cool if they had? I, and, and this is around the time of the, you know, wrestling is huge at this time with like, right? the whole attitude era stuff. So like, of course people would want to see some like wrestling stuff in it. It's funny you mentioned that too, because not to get off characters, there was a WWE tie-in with this game. What? So there was a contest. Uh, IGN reported on it. Uh, they were going to have a lucky, a lucky person, a lucky sweepstakes winner, come and play Deadly Alliance as it, re- you know, after right when it released, play it live in person against an as yet unnamed WWE wrestler. Huh? Yeah. Like and, what's the connection between Midway and WWE? Well, fight, fighting, I guess. And, you know, we already had the the WWF produced arcade game by Midway, and you know, as we covered, Shawn Michaels' possible secret existence in MK2. There's a little bit of overlap, but I don't know. Fighting, wrestling's popular. What commercials do you see when you watch WWE back in the late '90s, early 2000s? You see commercials for video games. So that's makes, true. It makes okay, sense. So that, yeah. Well, the contest yeah. did happen, uh, and a kid named uh, Ben Dukes got to fight against a wrestler in Deadly Alliance, uh, and the wrestler's name. You seen you're getting back into wrestling, so you could tell me if you remember him. Uh, God damn, where's his name? Uh, Randy Orton. Does that ring a bell? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some kid named yeah, Ben yeah, Dukes yeah. got to fight Randy Orton and Deadly Alliance as a as contest winner. That's hilarious because that's oddly enough, that's when I think that's when he first started in WWF. Really? Because I never heard of this dude around 2002. He's like, I mean, now he's a he's like a quote unquote legend. Uh, but back then he was like a new a new guy. But he was also like uh, his father was a big wrestler back in like the 70s and stuff. So he was like kind of, uh, but yeah, that's that is interesting. <laughs> yeah, really interesting. A neat little bit. I, of I wonder if there's footage of that. I would like to watch. That. Yeah, I'd love to find that. But yeah, Sue Howe. That does make that does make sense considering the time period. Yeah, uh, like I said, small yeah. side. When I was going through my old VHS tapes recently, uh, there, yeah. I had some tape WWE shows. But it's funny because I saw oh, in the same airing there's a commercial for Resident Evil Three for the PlayStation. Mm. And Resident Evil 2 for the game or for the N64 on the same airing because they were coming out at the same time. That's funny. But what was even crazier is I was going through those tapes and there was a commercial for Parasite Eve. And it just so happened to be when I was replaying it on emulator recently after we did uh, fucking Special Forces. I was playing Parasite Eve and then I dug up a fucking VHS tape and there's a commercial Parasite Eve. And I'm like, it's all for full circle, man. Time yeah. is a flat circle. <laughs> speaking of speaking of full circle, like going all the way back to the beginning of the podcast, 
uh, I think today they released a trail uh, a MK1 tra- live action trailer. <laughs> he basically followed Dave Batista getting possessed by the soul of Mortal Kombat and spreading it out throughout the city, and everybody's just chanting Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat, and he gets on top of a a beat up car or whatever, and just he just says Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Not as good, man. They missed an opportunity. They had a shot of a kid, like this real punk, punchable face teenage kid, that I think was pulled exactly from the '90s commercial. Because obviously, this is a '90s commercial redone, right? Yeah, they're remaking it. Yeah, only with the with the techno syndrome uh, motif in there, which is funny because that didn't exist at that time of that '90s commercial. Techno syndrome was inspired by that '90s commercial, so it's like the fucking timelines are merging. Yeah, uh, it would have been great if they got that actual soundbite from the guy that his soul is possessed. Uh, the the Dude, soundbite. Thought... It was yeah. it wasn't in there. Uh, Dave Padista gave his best Mortal Kombat yell, almost almost well, I mean, as good as the iconic one. But that commercial was great. Just you know, you sit in a library. I mean, he, can't, he can't do it wrong. I've been saying for the the past fucking month. That I want to go into Walmart. I want to do this on the day Mortal Kombat 1 releases. And grab the intercom from the guy behind the counter. And yell into the intercom. <laughs> Mortal, Kombat! Mortal Kombat! What would happen? Would people just start dropping their groceries and start fighting? Would I need to get out of there? I think you'd get jumped. And I'd be thinking about that. And then this commercial happens. Which is like a realization of my thing that's been in my head. That's why I love this yeah. commercial. Why are we talking about MK1 again? <laughs> that's true. But I, I will say, but I, I was hoping, I don't know if it actually happened or not, but I was hoping they would actually get the guy in the original commercial who does do the yes. iconic yeah. Mortal Kombat stream. And I kept looking, and I'm like, is that guy him? Is that him? Is I was that him? I was doing the same um, thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, how can you do this commercial and not have the original guy come back to say that? Well, maybe he was asking too much. Yeah, probably. Anyway, know. back to back to still Deadly Alliance. still a great commercial. I mean, what else do we have to talk about Deadly Alliance? Are, are we are we coming up on our yeah, conclusion or not? I think I we're coming know. up on. I mean, I think we've talked about everybody pretty much. And I guess do we want to go into final thoughts? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can. Uh, so for me, that's my final thought. For me, I I do think that I I like this game. I think I'm gonna like even after this. I'm thinking I'm gonna still play more just to explore more of it because there is a lot of content in this game. Oh yeah. Um, I think it's a good first step or foray into the console only era of Mortal Kombat. Definitely some stuff that they could improve on, like a lot of stuff. But I think it was a good start. It's not as off putting as I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I think you seen I'm going to mirror that. Like it's weird. I I'm kind of 50/50 on this game, but I mean that in probably like the best of ways, really more than anything cuz there's I feel like if I would have played Deadly Alliance when it first came out, I would have a lot of like really like high nostalgia glasses for it at this point, but because I really played it for the first time, I have to kind of view it as, okay, this is what they were experimenting in, experimenting with at the time, but because I've played so many better fighting games than Deadly Alliance, you know, like in the past, I sort of like see what turned out to be things I didn't like about fighting games 
around that time. So I'm not a big fan of like, and I, and I've expressed this, you know, and uh, even with Mortal Kombat 10, I was never really a big fan with the changing of like styles a lot. I'm, I'm all about one move yeah. set. Um, and then just, you just work with it. Uh, so that was sort of like an ant thing. The different weapons I feel like is interesting, but I don't really feel it lands, um, in this game too much, but things I do like, um, I love the ambition. I love the uh, I, I love the new modes. Trying to add more content to the game to make it feel you know different than other fighting games. Whether you just have your standard arcade mode, mm-hmm. I I still love Mortal Kombat. Emphasis on its lore. I mean, the story is just all over the place. But you know, at least it's interesting. I, I told a friend recently that like Mortal Kombat so far is the only fighting game that I routinely play where I actually want to play it for the story. Because <laughs> with Street Fighter mm-hmm. and Tekken, I, I really don't care all that much. But Mortal Kombat, I actually kind of do want to find out what happens. <laughs> so, just because it just goes in interesting directions. And Deadly Alliance, I kind of feel, is a bit of a trendsetter in that regard. So it's sort of like it's planting the seeds of all this stuff that made me continue to like Mortal Kombat even to like this day. So I think it deserves a lot of credit for that. But I still think if I had to pick a, an actual game to play, I think Mortal Kombat 4 is a bit is just a little bit better for me in terms of like fighting 1v1. Just cuz I like the mechanics mm-hmm. in 4 a little bit better and I like how it flows better. You just don't like yeah. it cuz I was spamming you with Scorpion's Katana Air Juggle. Oh, we didn't touch upon this game as Air Juggles like nobody's business but they're def but but that's the thing they're definitely like early tekken air juggles which i did not like i actually did i actually got out of tekken for a time because of that so another thing that's coming back to mk1 by the way is air juggles yeah right? yeah we'll see how that you I actually don't like air juggles but <laughs> yeah but there's some it it, it feels like a 2d air juggle feels different than a 3d one in my opinion <laughs> That's a that's a that's a preference thing, but I'm but I'm not going to go into that. But I but I definitely I definitely like four better. I feel I, like I feel like the fighting in four just flows better. But that's me being kind of a boomer on fighting games. I'll always prefer like older fighting games, in, like in that regard. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was thinking I, I'm I'm coming out on this liking this a bit more than four because four we all felt favorably of when we when we played it. But four basically feels like MK one two three only with the added benefit of being able to sidestep and yeah weapons. Where this game definitely fleshes that out. The sidestepping is a lot more fluid, and it is truly a three D game. And I just uh, like I said, I played it first in two thousand eight, and I just fell in love with the new direction. I love the fighting styles. I love the the commitment to three D. Not a fan of air juggles. But only reason is because it seems like the game had made pains to make this feel realistic. You got realistic actual fighting styles. You know, you got Kenpo and everything. But then you can fucking air juggle a motherfucker. Uh, it just <laughs> seems silly. Yeah. And I have issue with the presentation. We talked about the fatalities being lame. There are a couple good ones. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. We didn't touch upon all the winning poses are, are shared through all the characters they're just kind of on a random set so no one gets their individuality no one gets a unique winning pose like even in the 2d games everyone would have their own unique winning pose and get shao khan saying you know kano wins here you know it's recycled across everybody some of them are funny like when the camera zooms up on you and you kick the camera and go oh you know but everyone does that sonya does it scorpion does it so 
it robs a bit from the presentation and the characterization. But the gameplay wise, especially the conquest mode to train you to, you know, get good at the game and the neat way they do the, the endings instead of the hilarious MK4 endings, they just go back to how they used to be only with someone reading them now. I think it's great. And, and with the crypt and everything, I think this is where Mortal Kombat flourishes. And it's funny we talk about the 3D era as the Dark Ages because my first memory of Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance was I like it. And I do remember playing a little bit of Deception and liking it. We'll find out when we get to that. So I'm left of wondering, like, where where are the Dark Ages? It's probably Armageddon, which I've not played and which is uh, has its critics and which Neil loves a lot. So we'll probably have a real come to Jesus moment when we do that episode. But as far as the start of the PS2 era, I'm liking, and I like this game. Yeah. And I might want to continue playing it, uh, after I I steal my GameCube back from Jay and my copy of, uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica, Jay, you still got that. I'm taking that too. Of course. Taking my GameCube, (laughs) taking my games. I'm going back. Going home. Going home. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So decent, decently decent start for the PS2 GameCube era games. Yeah, yeah. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I always want to enjoy games. Actually, clarify. You seen? Is this the first time you played it, or did you, you said earlier you played no, it a bit in the past, right? No, this is the first time playing Deadly Alliance. Wow. Okay. So wow. Yeah. Big big plot twist. You liked it? Yeah. I've only seen this from afar, and seen, and I never could tell if I was watch, looking at clips from Deadly Alliance or Deception, really. So, well, soon you will know the difference. Yeah, for sure. And I and I'm like you. I'm gonna continue playing this game. Yeah. Uh, try and see what I can. Are you kidding? Are you what kidding? I can unlock and. Are you, you kidding? Know. We're not gonna oh, be. We're not gonna care about this game in a week, a couple of weeks. That's true. You know what? That's fair because <laughs> in about two weeks. We're going to have Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, man. So, that, yeah, our our, uh, our next episode will most likely be a first impressions of Mortal Kombat 1. Don't hold us to it. Anything can change. But so far what we're playing, yeah, we want to we wanna give our first impressions as we get a little bit of time with the game. I feel pretty confident that'll be our next episode. I'm fucking hyped for it, dude. I can't wait, dude. Like, I, I just hope Walmart doesn't screw up my uh, order. Oh. They screwed up my previous order. That's your fault. I ordered a, I ordered a what is it? Uh, Armored Core 6 came out last week, and I, I pre-ordered that. And then somehow it was delayed for, like, the whole weekend, and I oh. got in contact with them, and they said, oh, it's it got lost in transition. You're fucking uh, kidding. That's uh yeah, so I had to get that refunded. Never pre-order a game, kids. That's a lesson. I'm walking into Walmart not to fucking pimp for a fucking corporation that I don't like, but I'm probably going to walk into Walmart day one and buy it, and it's probably going to be sold out, and I'll be fucking screwed. Then I'll go to GameStop, uh, which I like even less than Walmart. <laughs> but and that's the, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's my plan. I'm going to go buy it physical in person first day. I haven't done pre-order shit. Well, I wanted to pre-order just so I can get like you know, early access in the beta and stuff like yeah. that. Like that's that's. If it wasn't for that, I would have just waited. And Jean Claude, I, Jean-Claude, know, Jean-Claude I know I'm going to get this. 
J J No, that's if you that's if you that's if you pre order the like all the deluxe or the other other one. Like I got the standard one. Okay. I I'm going in. And I person literally of... got the standard one. Because of the box. Okay. I literally got the standard one just because I like the blue yeah. instead of the gold. I'm with you. The gold sucks. Uh, and uh, obviously, yeah. I'm going in buying without pre-ordering day one. Jay, are you doing the same thing? Because like, I think you'd want to get the pre-order for the to so get the not only your boy Johnny, but your boy Johnny is JKZBD Junk Love Van Dam. Uh, yeah, I'll probably pre-order it. I haven't done it yet, but I'm well, be- better do it. But it got to be the premium edition, right? That's how you get Junk Love Van Dam. I think it's I think it's either the deluxe or premium one of the two. It's like that's your decision. I just I just want to see what the John Claude Van Damme skin looks and sounds like. Okay, yeah, there'll be videos online. Yeah, what am I saying? Of course there will. Jay doesn't need to get it. Yeah, but we'll definitely play. But I'm, I'm I'm super hyped. Oh yeah, I can't wait, man. It is the year of fighting games. Yeah, it's the year of fighting games. Wait, Tekken's still coming out this year, right? No, it's next year. No, nah, it's coming out in January. Okay, so well, almost the year of fighting games. Which 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 yeah. I'll. Which I will be out of the country when it comes out, which makes me angry. I will not get to play Tekken 8 upon release. That really makes me angry. Wait, will you be, we're, we're country, you're not going to be in Japan. If you're in Japan, then you just play it there. I mean, <laughs> and I guess I could. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Honestly, Jay, that'd be pretty fucking awesome if you can manage to play Tekken in Japan when it comes out. I mean, I can... Pr- it, it would be crazy if they had, like, an arcade there. Well, yeah. Is it, is it an arcade thing? Do they do that with Tekken? I don't fucking know. They, yes. Yes, they do. And actually... but well, then, Jay, you got your mission. Find an arcade. I mean, I'm going to try, but, you know, obviously in Japan, I'm not just going to spend all my waking hours just playing Tekken 8 when I'm over there. So I won't be able to play no. much of it. <laughs> At least you got to play it when it came out in its native country. Yeah, that's true. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Now, that's, that should be a fucking goal, dude. That should be one of your uh, bullet items to do when you're over there. Yeah, don't come back to America unless you play yeah. the don't come back. out-kid version of it. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's it for our, po- for our episode. Yeah, we've gone on a bit. Yeah. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. See how much I can edit this uh, down to. Oof, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, with that, thank you guys for joining me on this podcast. Always. And thank all the audience for listening. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And with that, Josh, take it away. Always always falls down to me. Mm-hmm. Before I go into my thing, I just want to iterate, please do look forward to our next episode because it probably is going to be MK1 related. Because uh, this is a game-focused episode, guess what I usually do for game-focused Game focused episodes will tell a story. This one's not going to be a long one, though, because my last one was really fucking long. Uh, honestly, it was a little bit too long. This one's nice and short. And once again, it is a true story. You've seen, uh, I had introduced part of the beginning of the story to you because remember when I was saying that uh, when I was up at the, the cabin taking care of that place, I heard a fucking growling outside. Remember when I was talking about that? You don't. Yeah. You don't. Okay, you do. Like, literally. Step out in the porch, pitch black outside, it's in the woods, and I hear growling. I grew up in the woods all my life. I don't know what the fuck that was. It's probably a deer, right? Because deer kind of make grunting noises when they're horny and stuff. I don't know. Could have been... I mean, that's what they do. It could have been a deer. Bears don't make that. I don't know what the fuck it was. But I heard it again. It did it a second night. Second night in a row, the very same night. Or the very next night. I stepped out my porch... And I heard a, and I'm like, nope, hell no. 
to the no, no, <laughs> no. A few days gone by, hadn't heard it. But uh, just a couple weeks ago, I did go out and it it returned. And I decided to be brave and try and face what it was. And what I faced might be uh, a new companion of mine. And maybe a replacement for our dear friend Liu Kang, whose neck was snapped by Shang Tsung. Basically, I went out and I heard the growling again. I got an elevated porch and it kind of overlooks a gravel driveway and a flower garden. But it's pitch black because it's goddamn middle of the night. And I don't know. It could be hiding in the bushes. I don't know where it is, but I heard just hear a... And I like just suck it up. I'm like, who's out there? It could be like a fucking crackhead neighbor for all I know, just coming to take a leak of my flower bed. Maybe that's what it is. I say, who's there? And I hear the bushes rustle. And then something flies out from the darkness and wetly smacks me in the face. It's a banana peel. It's a banana peel. And then who else should come out from the bushes but my good friend, good friend of the show, Donkey Kang. <laughs> what? what? The Donkey fuck? Kang. Okay, for Luke Kang's protege. He's back, baby. Donkey Kang. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> Outstanding. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Combat Time Pod. And visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash combat time podcast. You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Kombat continues. Get over here!